Woof. Uh, woof, woof. I don't know. I'm trying to think in the Matt LaFleur era if there's been a more demoralizing and depressing game because this, you know, we all thought after last week's second half and as Homer put it, the biggest collapse in the history that this team, Matt LaFleur has always got his teams ready to bounce back. And for this offense to look this bad, Having some issues with Tausch's connection. We'll get him to reconnect, and then he can continue I his wish opening to statement. That it was, I said it was either the greatest collapse in Packer history, or the team stinks. They might stink. No, I have to. I have to, They stink. I don't. Um, I just have to listen because I just didn't think they were this bad. And and do you know what that team of the Packers looked like at the end of that game? They looked like the Wisconsin Badgers in the second half against Illinois. Especially the defense. Ha! We have regained connection with one Mark Tauscher. Tausch, please continue your opening statement for the Packers' 27-10 loss to the New yeah, York Jets. I, I, I was just going to say it's time to panic. Uh, I, I really was convinced. This could get the ship righted, and Homer just said it. Uh, it's time to panic. I don't know what you hang your hat on. Jair Alexander is going to move around. The defense played better, but this team offensively just isn't very good. And I think maybe we all need to reevaluate where we're at because this is, we've said, well, let's get consistent. Let's do this. We're getting whooped up front on both sides of the ball. And if you can't do that, everybody's going to say, I'll run the ball more. That's what I said last week. I still believe that, but you're just getting whooped up front. This is as demoralizing of a loss as I've seen in the Matt LaFleur era. And it's time to panic. That's all I got. It's time to panic. Jeez. You know things are bad when Tausch is stating it is time to panic. 855-616-1620. No, I, hey, I can't what, argue. They did what are you lose. Gonna, I, I, I mean, what am I going to say? I'm not – I'm. Uh, what are you going to say? I don't know, man. You I watched was, that game. The Jets aren't world beaters. I was really hoping are, you'd find some sort beaters? of – I was really hoping, Tausch, that of all people, no. you could find, find some sort of silver lining to be like, you what? know what? This is what they're going to fix. This is how they're going no, to fix it. No, they got their butt kicked almost exactly the way the Badgers yeah, did whooped. against Illinois. They got whooped. Zach Wilson threw uh, 18 times uh, today. It's depressing. And they had nothing it's at the depressing. end of the first half. Uh, they shut down the Jets to nothing in the first half. And then half, the right? end of the game. Yeah. The end of the game, the way it just. Uh, I mean, what do we want to hang our hats that we had a great goal line stand and held them to a field goal to cut it to, so it's a three score game? That That's what we're. That's where we're at. So, uh, listen, I am always going to look and try to figure things out, but the O line today just got whooped. There were. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did not play well. I'm not going to sit here and crush him. He didn't play well. He's. We need more. But how many clean dropbacks did he have today? I not many. So it it is time to panic. Uh, if Wildy was interviewing old boy this week, it would not be R E L A X. Not in my eyes. So I guess where I want to start is that offensive line because that's the one thing when it stands out that bad on uh, just watching on TV. 
And and Tausch, I know you you've said this to, you know as an offensive lineman, most for the most part your job is to not be noticed, and it was noticeable how bad the offensive yes. line played today. Do they just reshuffle there? Is that what they have to do? Kind of look at the personnel, put Yash Nyman over at right tackle. You slide um, Elton Jenkins in at right guard. Like what 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 are the even the options to try to make this at least look a little bit different? Because now the Packers have a three game road trip coming up that begins next week in Washington. Yeah, I, I mean, Royce Newman has really struggled. And, uh, you know, he's a young player. Uh, there's a lot of different things. But you're not passing off stunts. And, unfortunately, you know, the, the quickest way to the quarterback is a you know, straight line right in the middle of your defense. And every coach I've ever played for is like, protect your A and B gaps. We can live with some leakage on the outside. Rodgers, obviously, is a magician usually at getting out of that stuff. But nothing you can do when guys are in your face within a second of the ball snap. So I think at this point, all things need to be on the table. I, I, I don't think you can sit here and just say, well, we're going to tighten a couple things up, and I don't want to hear Matt LaFleur say, oh, we're going to adjust this game plan or do this. You need to look at everything because nothing is working. I don't know what you feel other than Rashawn Gary and him being able to play through the toe injury. I don't know what else you hang your hat on today. What do you hang your hat on? Punting? No. Nope. Kicking? No. Not defensive. I think good in the is, first half. This is as demoralizing. The defense played fine, but that offense in this isn't a world-beating offense. You got a quarterback. What did he throw? Eighteen throws. Eighteen times. And you still give up what a buck twenty? You give up a buck twenty on the ground. Uh, buck like, seventy-nine. There's just nothing. I can't. I, I, no, Most I mean, of to, it was uh, in the I, second the half. They, the first half, the, outs, the defense Guys, was outstanding. You asked me something. I yeah, just gave you something. The defense played great in the first half. There you go. It's the best I got. Yeah, I know. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I don't know where to go. As a Packer fan right now, what do you, where do you go? I don't know. Somebody have anything good? Uh, anything? No. Yeah, I fire Barry. Yeah, that's, that's, I, not, that's I, not Honestly, good. we're doing positives and negatives. Hey, we'll do positives right now, Homer. That's because it's going to be all negative calls, everything else. If I'm doing positives and negatives, it's 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. I jump on our show. I don't know where I go with a positive. It would be Rashawn Gary. And if you can help me with something else, great. I don't have anything. Uh, Robert Tunyon had his best game since just being injured. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Hey, now we're building on something. <laughs> no, All we're right. not building Tunyon on anything. Nice okay. <laughs> we're just throwing something. Uh, I'm just... Yeah, I thought yeah. that. I, I, now yeah. it seemed it's... to me in the first half, Keyshawn they Dixon played... had a nice kick return. Amari Rogers caught okay. a pass. See, it's <laughs> baby eating. steps. Yeah, Rogers. Yeah, no fumbles. But no it fumbles. seemed like in the first uh, half, were they know. playing more man to man? Jair had a great first half. He was all over everywhere, prevented everything. I thought Adrian Davis had a great first half as well, and then there you go. Look at you. But it okay. just all went we're for building. naught. All right, Homer's throwing positives. All right, look at us. I mean, you give okay. up you give up yeah. 24 Guys, points in the what... second half to the Jets, and they throw the ball 18 times. They had their final drive, which could have been a touchdown, and you know, I'm, I'm guessing they would have gone for it in any other situation other than, well, you just kick it to make it a three-score game. But it was a 13-play drive where it was all runs. It was literally a high school drive where you didn't have to throw the ball at all. They just ran the ball 13 times in a row, yeah. and there was nothing the Packers right, could do to stop like, it. It seemed like they did that, not assuming it would really work, but it would take time off the clock. And not only did time off the clock, but they were just huge holes. 
There's just yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't. It is. Um, I, I, but let's just have people tell us what what's good or bad because it can't I, get worse. I'm I'll tell you that. I'll go with I, it right now. It can't yeah, get worse. No, I. No, you lose by seventeen at home to the Jets. You can't. It so can't Homer, get worse. Homer, you've done a million. You, Gabe, you guys have done a million of these pressers. I, what does Matt Lafleur say? He has got to just say, "I am completely." This isn't fire Joe Barry. That's not what this is. What are we doing on offense? I'm much more worried about the offense. I think the defense, you saw at least glimpses in that first half. You got Jair Alexander batting a couple passes down. You saw at least something. Offensively, nothing. The only touchdown drive we got was gifted to us. Yep. A penalty, a pass interference penalty. I still don't know where they called it. And then a late hit and all that. So offensively, it is just a hot mess. And the biggest part is, the O-line just is not getting it done. That's your starting point. That needs to get – I don't know if you need to shuffle. I don't know what needs to happen. That's where my main focus is. But I, if I'm Matt LaFleur and you got – you know, hey, the PR guy's like, all right, this is coming, this is coming. I don't know where you even start. 855-616-1620. That is the Boda Box Wine Line. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of whining on the wine line today. We go out to Paul in Madison. Paul, you're on the Green Bay Game Day post-game show with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Hey, Gabe. So last week I said I thought maybe 9 and 8, possibly 10 and 7. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, optim- uh, I was optimistic. Oh, boy. And, you know, they're, they're not a good team. They're going to have a losing record. This is going to get – I said all – I've been saying for weeks to you guys this is going to get ugly with Rodgers. Let's just break it down real quick. They have talent on the defense. That Ben Solak's piece in the ringer this week was right on the money. They have talent on the defense. They have horrible coaching. They have not a whole lot of talent on the offense. We thought offensive line sure wasn't there today. The receiving core is bad. The running backs are disappointing. Where were all these schemes that we were going to get Jones and Dylan the ball? That's not happening. Rodgers is not accurate this year. He's desperately throwing deep, and he's got no deep threat, and the defenses know it, and they're, they're scheming out-scheming Matt LaFleur every day of the week. And, oh, by the way, the special teams are still horrific. Um, so this is what happens when a good team all of a sudden hits a wall when a quarterback at now almost 39 years old reaches the end of his days when everything sort of stops working and it's not all Devonte adams obviously but that was a part of it this is going to get uglier it'll get worse and we'll see what comes out of the ashes here whether it's jordan love whether it's an entirely different concept, whether Matt LaFleur is willing to rebuild for a couple of years, because this won't be a good team next year either. You don't look at that. I mean, look at the talent that's not there and realize that Rodgers isn't going to last. I've been saying it to you guys for a month. He will not last past this season. This is it. And he's not going to stick around. To Do you see know the, hold on for a second, Paul. You know the worst part about this? What's that? We have to listen to Paul because he might be right. <laughs> yeah. It's not a mic. Homer's been looking for a way it's to cut Paul mic. off and just hasn't been able no, to do it. Everything he said there, could there happen are, is happening. There's no way to argue look, with it. You look at Homer, you look at I the I still other don't believe it's going to happen, but I can't defend my position. <laughs> Homer, when you look at the other teams and just watch some of these other games and you see real talent. You yeah, we have no – uh, Packers see, have no quickness. You, you see None. Team, there's no right? quickness yeah. and there's no – and there's no and, and if the offensive line, if you don't – if you're not opening up holes for Dylan and Jones and you're not protecting Rodgers, there's nothing left. 
I mean, the New York Jets are a decent defense. The New York Giants are a pretty good defense. They won a game again today. But, but this offense was supposed to be special, and it's not. And the defense is mediocre at best. Joe Barry. I mean, I didn't think anybody thought this offense was going to be special. At least not well, that, at this point in the season. But Gabe, it's been special. They won 13 games three years in a row because... Yeah, because they had more talent on offense. Sure, yeah, the offense was able to carry the day. Play. This is, to me, on the defense. Like, the defense was supposed to carry well, them two victories while the offense tried to figure it out. Now they're beat up on offense. Randall Cobb's happen. season, potentially career, is potentially... It's almost, it could be over. And Randall, Cobb was, and Randall Cobb was a mediocre player to begin with. That doesn't happen. The defense doesn't carry NFL teams anymore. That's not – you have to scheme. You have to be a guy. You've got to be McVay or Shanahan. And guess what? LaFleur is not McVay or Shanahan. He is not going to produce the kind of offense that's needed to get – and Rodgers is going to Rogers is going to be stubborn till the end. He'll probably get hurt, to be honest with you. That's probably how it's going to end. Yeah, it, so, we, we appreciate we appreciate the call, Paul. We got a lot of other people we got to get to. They said this is the worst thing about losing like this. Like I, I think Aaron Rodgers. Like I don't. The one thing that I disagree vehemently with Paul about is that Aaron Rodgers like doesn't have it anymore. Well, when, he when, has it, but he can't create plays. He can't no, scramble and, well, and no, make he, plays well, with nothing. Yeah, there. because he's 38, 39 years old. I know. So he, doesn't, he has some athleticism. He doesn't have the athleticism right. he used to have, certainly. But when he's constantly out of pressure, like, he was under siege all day today. Four sacks, ten quarterback hits. Seemed like he had to spin out of the pocket just about every play because everything was just collapsing around him. No quarterback is going to look good in that situation. Is Jenkins still hurt? Is Bakhtiari still hurt? Or is that not? I mean, Jenkins... Had his best game supposedly last week. That the coaches were, they they liked the progress he was making. He was terrible today. No way around. He had two holding penalties. Um, it, it seemed like he was getting blown up. And just simple stunts. Stunts were just baffling the offensive line. They couldn't figure him out. Well, yeah, and Gabe, that you also when you look at stunts and stuff like that, and Elton Jenkins is not playing at the level we're accustomed to. And I'm not going to – he came back. He's coming back from an injury. He swapped complete sides. There's 100 excuses. I'm not worried about Elton Jenkins. But the idea of stunt passing off, that's a chemistry thing too. But that group, Royce Newman got his lunch handed to him a bunch today. Josh Myers, it was just – you could pick John Runyon Jr. I, I think Bakhtiari played okay. But you look at everybody else, it was just – it wasn't – all right, hold up, hold up, hold up, and you know, th- two and a half, three seconds. It was in my face, and then Rogers never did he ever look comfortable? Did no. he ever look comfortable nope. at all? It just no, he didn't. And that's the first. If you don't get that part solved, I don't care what else you're doing. This offense is going to struggle at a high level. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Butterbox Wine Line. We go to Sugar Free. Sugar Free. You're on the Green Bay Game Day post game show with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Okay, I'm going to say something. In the history of listening to your station, WTMJ and ESPN five forty, that was the worst call I've ever heard from Paul. You should have kicked him off two seconds in that call. Talking about love. Anybody that talks about love and Rogers in the same breath is ridiculous. So let's move on. So I agree totally with Gabe. Gabe pinpointed it. It's the line's responsibility in this game. You need to get Jenkins kicked back inside. You need a uh, Nyman needs to get outside, and that's what needs to start to happen. Okay. And then yes, we have we have no receivers, and now Cobb's down. That's another thing Gabe just said. Um, so Gabe's on point. 
Paul's out in space, and I'm going to have to get in on this. I was at the game, so I couldn't get in early enough. I'm going to have to get in early enough so I have to put up with this Paul stuff. Uh, are they going to have a losing record, yes or no? They're gonna. What do you mean? Yes, they're gonna have a, a winning record. Okay. Nine and eight, ten and seven. I don't know what Paul's on, but uh, what do you think? What do you think something. their record is going to be? They're gonna turn it around. There's, there's going to be some real tough. What do you believe their right? record is going to be? I'll, I'll still stick to. I mean, I have to stick to my record. I'm not going to adjust it. Fine. 13 well, and I've, four. 13 and four. Oh, so they're no. Oh, <laughs> they're okay. going to go 11 oh. and one the rest All of the right. Oh, you just run with that. All man. right. Sugar free. We appreciate the call. I, I don't know. If I wonder you can, why he left that out. I don't know if you can call in. <laughs> Blast the previous caller yeah. and then say, yeah, they're going to go 11-1 and one the rest of the way after watching them fall 27-10 to 10 to the New York Jets. No, he can say it, though, but I, I can't really enter, join his club. No, it's, it's going to be a very, very tough position to defend. If there's any solace, it's just you also don't know who's necessarily good. Like, the Buccaneers lost to the Steelers today. What? The Steelers beat someone? The Falcons... Beat the 49ers by two touchdowns today, 28-14. So there's there's some wonky things happening in the NFL right now, but it's just the one thing I wanted to judge the Packers on in this season, and it happened through the first four games, was even if there was a loss, even if it was a tight win, a win that you felt they should have won more by, like there were little things like, okay, Romeo Dobbs was getting better here. Okay, Robert Tunyon looked a little bit healthier there. Oh, Quay Walker, maybe he needed... You're just looking for that incremental growth. And the thing that's been most depressing about the last two games is that I can't point to anything as just growth by this team. Like, I have not seen anything in terms of the last two games. Oh, here's something I can go... Okay, that's getting better. Here's why I believe they're going to bounce back next week against Washington. I, I just don't have that. 855-616-1620. I, I got no help for you, buddy. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I don't know. I thought the team would be good. I don't know what to think anymore. I just have to – I don't know what to think about this team. I can't – they didn't just lose to the well, Jets. Hey, they got crushed by the Jets. And in the was, second half, I, again, I, I, I just – I thought they reminded me of the Badgers. They were heartless. You know, you come back within seven and you think, all right, you got a chance. And they they just got yeah, treated I, like a bad team I, I don't, at home. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the that's the part because uh, you know things can happen. This league's crazy. You can have a a down one, but this was all pointed to this team bouncing back because this is what we do. This is what Matt Lafleur does. Ten and, and zero against the spread. Right now, after the a questions loss. come flowing, come flowing yep. because there's. They don't have any answers. If they had answers, they wouldn't have done what they did today. That's it. Green Bay Game Day postgame show is brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager since 1982. Light, crisp, and refreshing. And ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you, brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste, barley, rice, hops, and water. Pick up Bud Light during your next visit to your favorite local retailer. Enjoy responsibly. 2022 Anheuser-Busch Bud Light, St. Louis, Missouri. We take more of your calls as you continue to line up on that Box One line, 855-616-1620, to react to the Packers' 27-10 loss to the New York Jets next on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. 
More of Green Bay Game Day postgame coming up next. Presented by Island Resort and Casino. And sponsored by Bud Light. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste. On the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. And sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. And ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. I'm not saying it's your fault. Oh, no, we can Another block point. This time oh, the Jets so have it. lose to the Jets 27-10 at home at Lambeau Field. First time in 16 games, Aaron Rodgers loses a game inside Lambeau. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Steve the Homer True, Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher with us as well here on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. And maybe I'm to blame for the special team. Maybe I jinxed it. I was texting with some friends and uh, everyone's like, man, everything's just bad for the Packers. Offense is bad, defense is bad. I'm like, yeah, but the special teams. The special teams been all right. And then after I sent that, they had a field goal blocked and a punt blocked. Uh, they came back and blocked a punt of their own in between those two things. But to have two kicks blocked in one game, certainly uh, the worst game of the season for Rich Basaccia's squad as well. 855-616-1620 is the Box wine line. We go out to Mike in, uh, excuse me, we go out to Jim in Shockville. Jim, you're on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Yeah, I feel sorry for the coaches. Hopefully they attended Maurice Brayton's uh, school spin um, because uh, that guy did an excellent job last year. Yeah, I'm wondering, I, I, it's almost as if And uh, we happen to lose him. I'm, we'll see if uh, Jim ends up calling back. But one of the things that really stood out to me throughout the course of the broadcast, Tausch, was um, at the start of the second half, they began to talk about how the Giants went man-to-man against the Packers last week. And that seemed to slow down things in the second half for the Packers. And maybe the Jets were playing man-to-man. And that seemed to be, and this is why I had nightmares of 2016, where the Packers started 5-0, and but suddenly teams started playing man-to-man against the Packers, and it just slowed down their offense. They couldn't win their one-on-one matchups, and that's what it seems like is going on with this wide receiver and ball-catching crew, is they cannot win their one-on-ones when teams go man-to-man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's and it's going to continue, because teams see what somebody else is doing, has success, and that's going to be the blueprint and that's why you see a lot of – because I, I hear and see people when it's third and two. Why are you running that fly route down? Because they're playing up so much. There's they're, Defenses don't feel any threat. Nobody There's nobody over here other than Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon that people are looking at saying, oh, yeah, stop this guy. Nobody's afraid of Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb. And you know, Dobbs a little bit, and then obviously get not having Christian Watson. But that's where this team is. And – until you figure out you know, some other things, I said it last week. Aaron Rodgers has said it. You want—they're playing a one-shell safety with somebody down, and that is just unheard of against Aaron. But that's what's working, and you're going to continue to see it over and over until Green Bay does something different. Matt Lafleur is on the podium right now. I'm real curious to see what he ends up having to say. But we'll go back out to Jim in Sockville, who was just disconnected a moment ago. Jim, you're back on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. Butterbox Wine Line, 855-616-1620. 
Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. But, um, yeah, I was going to say, and I'm sort of serious about this comment, so don't take it too lightly. I guess uh, on the upside, um, we won't have to wait so long for the Green Bay Packers pick in the first round of the draft. Oof. I, I just, I, I, I'm just, I, I just don't know what to think of this season, and it's like the entire culture um, has fallen apart. And I say that because of the special teams today, I was not ready for that. I was not ready. I was ready for them to lead, at least hold up their part of the bargain, so to speak, um, to maintain some integrity. And with what I saw today, I don't know what to look forward to. So, I guess um, that's the only upside I can see. Won't have Yikes. to wait as long for the pick. Yikes. That's where we're at right now. We appreciate the call, Jim. 855-616-1620. Hey, fellas. Yeah. Fellas, do we feel – let's pull this. Okay. Do we feel like this can get turned around? Because I'm, I, I still believe that when you have Aaron Rodgers – all hope is not lost. I know it feels. Yeah, today. I believe it's going to be like turned around, but I don't know what turned around is. What is turned around? Is to, you know, if you had a bet right now, is this team record? making the playoffs? Yes, three and three. Now I'm not worried about the record. Yeah, I is think this team making the? Playoffs? I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I can't defend my position. Yeah. Where but are I we? At? Where do you think we are I just, as a fan base? Do we think because it's it's raw right now? Everybody's bummed. Right. I, I'm there with them. Can we flip this thing around? I still believe, but it is, Homer, you're right. It is hard to defend anything after watching that. We're going to go ahead. It's hard. We're going to go ahead and throw that up on the Attention Trio Radio Network Twitter account, and I'm sure it'll be retweeted a number of times by ESPN Madison, ESPN Milwaukee, and WTMJ, so you can vote on it. Uh, will the Packers turn this thing around it, and be a playoff team? I wonder what Jair's saying. Is he, I'd like to know what his thought is. <laughs> well... He said last week, if we lose this week, oh boy. Well, no. You know he's, what? He's right. That, everybody that pup, everybody says that this was is, manifested. Yeah. It was manifested. Oh, my Man, God. I, as of right now, I'm going to say no. I don't think they turn it around. I, I just don't know what can get better. I mean, it's okay. They shift the offensive line around. There's just so many things. It's not just okay if this one thing plays better. It's a lot of things that have to be turned around. It's not just, okay, once they get the offensive line thing fixed, then all right, then they actually have to commit to getting Aaron Roger, excuse me, Aaron Jones the ball more. And I understand he wasn't effective um, running the ball today, nine carries for 19 yards, three catches for 25 yards. He had, to, he had a drop in there as well. Packers had five drops as a team today. But it's... It, there are so many things that have just piled up over the last game and a half because the first half of that Giants game was fantastic. First half of that Giants, they were up 17-3. to Since that point, the things have just piled up in terms of what needs to be corrected. And I don't know how quickly you can correct those things because right now, you can lose to anybody. And if they lose yeah. to Washington next week, which is certainly a possibility... I mean, the Buffalo Bills, that is going to be a tough one to watch on a Sunday night game when they have to head to Buffalo and take on what I believe to be the best team in the NFL. Well, I'll say this. The good news is we all love noon games. If this thing keeps rolling like this. There'll be some noon games coming up. If this game, if this, if Green Bay keeps rolling like this, there's a positive. I still think I, I still, yep. I'm trying to, I'm trying that. Thank you. I'll keep that one. I, I wonder if this isn't the deal where 
as if you're Brian Gutekunst, who I have been his biggest supporter, if this isn't a call for, we need a big jolt. We need a jolt. And if that's going out and grabbing a wide out or doing something to jolt this team, because right now it is blah. Yeah, but the key to Maybe their this success, the I'm not arguing, but the key to their success has been not to react to this. It's been R-E-L-A-X. How many, it's always been calm down, it'll be fine. Now, they've never uh, gotten to this point before, but has that not been the key for yeah. for LaFleur and Rodgers for the yes, entire time? it has been. And it has been, right. been but, but I don't ever remember. I don't ever remember an Aaron Rodgers-led offense looking this poor. Have you? Uh, Yeah, uh-huh. That 2015 season before before uh, uh, when the year that Jordy got so, hurt, yeah. they went into yeah. Denver that season. They were five at the and end 0, of McCarthy, and I think and I think I mean okay. they still had two years of McCarthy after that or three years. Um, they went into Denver. I think it was a prime time game. I want to say Sunday night or maybe it was just a three twenty five game. Maybe it was a Monday night game. I can't remember exactly. But they went into Denver, and I think Aaron Rodgers had less than hundred yards passing because the, the Broncos just went man to man. The Packers had no answer for it because they had nobody who could get open against man-to-man, and that was kind of the secret recipe to hold the Packers that season. Now, that being said, Rodgers did still keep the team afloat after they started, I think, 6-0. and They went 4-6 and the rest of the way. They still won a playoff game. He had them in position to potentially win another game to get to the NFC Championship game, so you're right, Tausch. You can never count Aaron Rodgers completely out, but there just seems like there are so many things that need to be fixed with this team. 855-616-1620. We go to Mike in Green Bay. Mike, you're on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Uh, good afternoon. Um, yeah, I think the um, playing the Patriots, uh, I'm going back to that game. And I'm glad they played the Patriots when they did because Bill Belichick showed them all their weaknesses in a hurry. And uh, if it wasn't for Rodgers that game... Um, some of his throws and this, that, and the other, you know, we don't win that game. Of course, it went to overtime, but at the end of the day, he, you know, he made it happen. I think, uh, um, you know, they go over to uh, London. They think they're just going to fly on over there, put the pads on and win. Next thing you know, you know, the Giants to do what uh, Bill Belichick did. You know, it's a copycat league, like Tosh said before, and uh, the next thing is, you know, they lose that. Um Today, um, they just, uh, I don't know, you know, Matt LaFleur's high school buddy or whoever it is, his college roommate, I don't know, the other coach over there. I mean, you know, those guys are ready to play. I mean, uh, I mean, today, uh, you know, as everybody mentioned, they, 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 I mean, they just didn't like they were ready to go. So, yeah. long story short, I think Bakhtiari, I watched him. He looked tired. Newman, I can't remember if he played in that 49ers game and that playoff game. Um, and you know, he got, you know, he, he got beat like a rented mule. Um, that needs to change Yaiman or whatever his name out to the right tackle, somebody else inside. Um, actually I thought, uh, uh, Patrick was a better center than Myers. Actually. Um, uh, I think Myers is too tall to be a center. Um, well, I mean, going back to Lucas uh, yeah, Patrick at this point is not an option. He's a member of the Chicago Bears. Well, Mike, yeah, I will right. ask you this, Mike. The the, Tausch, the, the the question that Tausch proposed, and I'm now going to ask everybody who calls in on this Botabox One line, 855-616-1620, do you believe the Packers still turn this around, and do you believe that they are a playoff team this season? Yeah, they'll turn it, yes, they'll turn it, turn it around. Um, and like I said, 
the Patriots come, you know, they showed their weaknesses in a hurry until they correct those, you know, they got time to do that. Um, yes, I, I, I do. And I, I think LaFleur um, will a little wake-up call here. His buddy gave him a little wake-up call once again, basically saying, hey, this is what they're doing. And uh, I also maybe a little conspiracy here. Not that uh, I'm going that route. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But, you know, Rodgers is sometimes Rodgers. And, you know, if he's looking for another wide receiver, like uh, whoever else is out there, you know, to get, uh, I forget his name with the Rams. I don't know if he's ready or not. But somebody can beat, beat one-on-one. Of course, it didn't help and- Watson wasn't in there, but he's more of an MBS guy. But at the end of the day, yeah, they'll be they'll be one of the playoff teams. All right, I appreciate the call, Mike. And here's here's the problem with the OBJ thing because it keeps coming up, and and I know he was tweeting about potentially you know playing with Aaron Rodgers, and people have liked their Instagram tweets or their Instagram posts and the tweets and all, all the social media stuff back and forth between OBJ and potentially Aaron Rodgers. Here's here's the issue with that. Odell, my guess is he's only going to want to come back to a team that has a legitimate chance to make a deep playoff run. And right now, the Green Bay Packers are not that. Additionally, off that point that that the caller just made, after two ACL surgeries, I have no idea if Odell Beckham Jr. can beat guys one-on-one right now. I have no idea what he is going to look like coming off of a second ACL surgery, especially one that happened just this past February. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 is the number. Get into the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. We'll continue to take your calls. We'll continue to wreck with myself, Gabe Neitzel, Homer, and Touch. All coming up next on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Back after this with more Green Bay Game Day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino. And sponsored by Bud Light. Four simple, high-quality ingredients. Barley, rice, hops, and water. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day Postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. And sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. An ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Touchdown of the day for the Packers as they fall to the New York Jets by the final of 27-10. First time of the Matt LaFleur era that the Packers have lost back-to-back games. This is the Green Bay Game Day post-game show. I'm Gabe Knights along with Steve the Homer, Drew Mark Tauscher along with us as well as we take your calls on the Bodebacks wide line at 855-616-1620. That's where we find John in West Bend. John, you're on the Green Bay Game Day post-game show on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Gentlemen, thanks for taking my call. Um, I don't think that, I hate to say it, I don't think the Packers are able to turn it around because it seems that right now in the past couple of weeks we were looking at the schedule and you go win, 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 boom, they could be looking at six and one. It looks pretty. They're not beating the teams, the bad teams that you're supposed to beat, the ones that are just no-brainers. And what's scary is teams are beating the Packers by saying oh let's just stop the run and make Aaron Rodgers have to pass to beat us and you would think that that's 
that's just ridiculous to think, oh, okay, we'll kill you every time with that. And you should, and we're not. So I don't think getting some, I don't think there's any wide receiver on the street that's going to be able to make a flash, you know, splash in the Packers because if they were that good, they'd be playing somewhere. So it's, it is concerning because who's the next team that the Packers on the schedule that the Packers can beat? That's that's instead Northwestern. Of, oh, we're going to win this. We're going to win this. <laughs> well, I don't. Well, yeah, it's of course, but it's, but it's really concerning because I think they lose to the Lions. Well, that but that's the whole point. The if you think they're this win. bad, that's true. But I don't. I I can't believe they're yeah, that I bad. Uh, I, I can't. But I don't Homer, how do you argue it though? Either. I don't want to yeah. believe it. I argue with the, the premise that LaFleur and Rodgers' greatness has been not to let things collapse. Now, granted, it has not gotten this bad before. So um, they will turn it around. To what degree they turn it around, that, that's the question. But I, uh, as Tausch asked, and he's right, I, I can't defend the position because they've gone today somewhere where they had – what was Lazard? 10 and 0, I think, after his losses. Uh, LaFleur, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. LaFleur, 10 and 0 after a, after a loss. But but the win against New England, wasn't that a third string? No, I want to tell you right now. You look at that, that kid. Rebuilding? That kid's a starter in the NFL. He had over 300 yards passing yes. today. That kid. So this loss is significantly greater. This is at home. Yeah. It's three to three it's at the half. Jets at home. What? Yes. The Jets. At, it's the Jets at home. I know, and you it was go, three oh, three. The defense the had Jets. dominated the first half. The Packer defense me, had dominated. Let me also just pose this as a question yeah. to to you guys. What if the Jets and Giants are actually good? Because the Giants are now five and one. Yes. They beat a a team that I thought was one of the better ones in the AFC in the Ravens today. Got a couple of turnovers late that helped them win that game. And the Jets are now four and two. Yes, I think they're like, both better when, than we thought. Are they, are they, these both might be playoff teams. I'm just saying that I understand you think of the Jets and the Giants as not very good teams, but they very well could be postseason teams this year. They could be playoff teams. But even given that, you're at home against the Jets. It's 3-3 three to three at half. Yeah. You get boat raced in the second half. It's too bad they couldn't give us uh, give, give the Packers a safety. That it could have been 27-12. to 12. Well, They scored a couple points. I mean, they lost by 17 all in the second half at home. When they, what did the Jets have in the first half? Four first downs, two first downs, something like that. It's yeah, like something even bad. The classic case of the Packer defense. Even when you think they're good, they're bad. And when they're bad, they're real bad. So, yeah, we appreciate the call. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Butterbox wine line. Let's go ahead and. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm going to be really interested to see how we handle this. It's time to figure out who the man was Oh, I got one today. easy. Who was the man in the green and gold game? It's time to find out who the man is. The man is sponsored by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can, too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. All right, Homer, you're well, saying this no. is going to be easy. Easy. It's Tunyon because he gives you... Tausch has asked if for some level of confidence. Tunyon's back. It's the most confident thing you can say about the game. 
Any chance that the Packers' offense can get things turned around is going to be partly because of the belief that Tunyon is getting back to the source of importance that he's shown in the past. Tausch? Uh, It's hard, but I'm going Rashawn Gary just because as we're doing the show Friday, it's we don't know if Rashawn Gary's playing. He's got a bad toe, and I I gasped, thinking, well, if Rashawn Gary ain't playing, this defense is going to struggle. And Rashawn Gary, again, another sack, played the run, you know, at least somewhat decent. I I just – Rashawn Gary keeps showing up on your screen. He is your one constant. Rashawn Gary was my – the man for today's game. I'm going to go with Jair Alexander because a lot was made in Bill Huber had the great article over at Sports Illustrated about how the Packers had seven passes defended heading into this game. Today they had five. Jair had three of them. Clearly, I mean, they they worked Jair more in the slot. They decided that he was going to follow around uh, Garrett Wilson, the the talented first-round pick for the New York Jets. And the Jets, I mean, throwing the ball, the, the Packers had two sacks. Zach Wilson, 10 of 18, 110 yards. They had success Shutting down the passing game, it's that run game that was uh, uh, just a little pesky. 33 carries, 179 yards for the uh, the New York Jets today. But the passing game, Jair, to me, coming off of the injury he had a year ago, I don't think there are any questions. You know, I, I think you still have questions about, okay, David Bakhtiari, as they continue to work him back, can he get to that level where he's one of the best in the, in the NFL? Elton Jenkins, can he continue on the, the trajectory that he was on before he tore his ACL? And for Jair and his injury from a year ago, only playing in a handful of those games, missing a tackle in the postseason game, I think you can confidently say that Jair is indeed back to where he's he was been. One of the best the defensive backs half. in the league. He was everywhere. Yeah, he, he was fantastic. So that's who I am going to pick as my the man. We have callers, plenty of you, at 855-616-1620 on the Box Wine Line. We get to you in two minutes for Hour 2 of the Green Bay Game Day postgame show on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Yeah, they moved it easily, I would say, in the second half. I, I don't think that's um, that's an exaggeration of, of any... How does that happen? I, I defer to you and Taos. Well, so, How does that happen? Well, but it was even because the Packers forced a three and out. But then after that, they scored the touchdown, then had the blocked punt touchdown, then scored um, another touchdown, five plays, 56 yards, and then kicked a field goal, 13 plays, 58 yards, and those all 13 plays were rushing plays. So after that initial three and out, they just were able to move it relatively easily against. Now I have no idea. Tausch, maybe you have a better answer of, of how suddenly yeah, I, they can find themselves. I'm not sure I have a better answer because I think you you would think – adjustments because that's one of the things Matt LaFleur's taking a lot of grief about is you know adjusting one way or the other in the second halves if you're looking at the last two weeks uh, the coaches got their lunch handed last week it was abundantly clear and this week uh, I don't know what else you can look at it and say well in the first half the defense played really well and in the second half the Jets were able to do whatever they wanted especially on the ground I don't know if that's – you can look at it at scheme. You can look at it they're worn out. This wasn't a case where the Jets just ground them into submission with all the – but the problem is, and Homer just brought it up, you go three and out, what, four out of your first five times you get the ball, you're on the field for a while. You you don't get any kind of rhythm, and you you just keep pressing to think, all right, I got to make another stop. I got to make another stop. And once you don't, 
and you give up a penalty, sometimes that dauber gets let down. And, and so that's a combination of a lot of things for how you can be right. as bad as you And I was going to ask you, second. I don't know as a defense how my dauber could ever get down against the, the Giants. I mean, the Jets. I would have gone out there thinking, okay, the offense can't score any points. We can score some points. I wanted to ask you, because I thought the big play, the first big play was the play, the long pass to Davis against Stokes. And I thought we saw one of the weaknesses of Stokes because he got beat, but if he would have just reacted around the goal line, he could have knocked that ball down because the pass was so bad. Um, Yeah, it was, uh, you know, Stokes has been, I, I think he has not taken that jump that we all thought. You know, I think Jair Alexander being back, and, you know, we all thought that this would be really still Having some issues with Tausch. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get back to Tausch here in just a second. First, we go to Nick in Kenosha. He's on the Box one line, 855-616-1620. Nick, you are on the Tundra Trio Green Bay, excuse me, you're on the Tundra Trio Radio, Radio Network in the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. Yeah, hey, fellas. Uh, great show so far. So kind of thinking the same way I'm thinking here. Sky's not falling, but two things. You know, what's stopping us from moving Jenkins back inside the left guard, putting Biden at right tackle, and putting Runyon at right guard? And then secondly, I'm kind of done hearing about OBJ. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Like, if we're going to go acquire somebody, uh, one name I'd like us to see us chase after is Gary Judy at Dungeon. Yeah, I mean, that would be, I think, a tough one. We appreciate the call, Nick. That would be a tough one to acquire. Jerry Judy, obviously, still on his rookie contract. I doubt that the Broncos are ready to give up on him at this point, especially after, you know, you want to keep that young, cheap talent after you signed your quarterback to a huge, massive deal. So I just don't see that one happening. I mean, there are potentially names out there. I know Robbie Anderson is one that's been floated for the, you know, Carolina Panthers who could potentially be having a fire sale after firing their head coach. And there's been some speculation there. They've already made a couple of trades at this point in the season but in terms of the offensive line it is worth noting that Matt LaFleur during his post-game press conference said that everything is on the table he did replace Jake Hansen he put Jake Hansen into the right guard position uh, for Royce Newman at the end of the first half the Packers did you know uh have a field goal there that that tied the game at three. Ultimately, it was still Newman who who finished the game for the Packers. But it it appears that the the coaching staff is willing to look into anything they can. And he said everything is on the table in terms of some sort of reconfiguration of the offensive line. But when that happens, Tausch, we talked about some of the stunts and some of the communication things that went on today with the offensive line. Does that just have them take another half step or full step back in terms of trying to figure out the communication with the five guys who are going to be on? the field oh no i think if you look at today's game you're not taking if you're taking steps backward you're really into negative territory so i the big question i think that matt lafleur and adam stenovich and butkus have to answer is are we going to move elton jenkins are we going to put him back in either at left guard or right guard and let yash nyman play that's i think that's your big decision making because right now royce newman is struggling yeah, and you know Zach Tom is he going to be somebody they can put in there? I don't think they want to go with Jake Hansen. I think he has struggled. I think the big question is: Are you willing to make that move because you want Elton Jenkins to play tackle? He's been good enough to do it in the past. He's growing. You know, he's obviously coming back from that knee. That's the big thing you're going to be looking for all week: is are you willing to make that move? Because then that kind of sets you forward. You don't have any depth at tackle. That means David Bakhtiari, it's yours. You're rolling the rest of this way, and we're going to need you. That, I think, is going to be the big question mark this week. 
855-616-1620. Before we get back to the callers, worth noting uh, Aaron Rodgers at the podium right now uh, with Randall Cobb's injury. Uh, he said that Cobb is in better spirits. I think he felt that it was that he had broken it, but I don't think that's now the case. My heart still goes out to him, but he was in better spirits in the locker room. That's on Aaron Rodgers in the locker room. Uh, that's a from a tweet from Bill Huber. So maybe the season not over for uh, Randall Cobb, as he initially feared. Still have to wait and get the official word on whatever injury he had that prevented him from coming back in the game. 855-616-1620. Jason and Tosa, you're on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show with Homer, Gabe, and Tausch. Afternoon, fellas. Uh, I'm kind of chuckling about the whole, do you think the pack might rally and possibly sneak into the playoffs narrative? Because uh, I thought we were competing for Super Bowls. But uh, whatever Super Bowl window the pack had seems to have ended after last season and certainly after they traded Devontae Adams and didn't really do anything to replace them. I mean, let's keep it real. On offense, after drafting only defense in the first round for so long, other than Jordan Love, there's very little talent, so little explosiveness, that there's really no hope that the old offense is going to get that much better. As for the D, where all those high first-round picks are so, supposed to be so good, they gave up 180 yards rushing today to a team with no real passing attack, and they're coached by a two-time loser. We all know, deep down, that this is not a top defense and never will be with Joe Barry as coordinator. This is not that talented a team. It has no real identity. And guess what? We're going to be digging out of Aaron's brand-new contract for years in the future. This is a debacle that started with failure to acknowledge that the Super Bowl window had closed, and that failure goes to Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst. This is going to be bad for several years. There's not much talent. So just so we can make sure we know how wrong you're going to be, what when you say that, what what are you saying? They're going to be... They're going to be under 500 this year, or they're going to be under 500 for the next four years? Yes? If they sneak into the playoffs this year, if they sneak in, right. do we really think they're a threat to get to the Super Bowl or win it? Come on. We, we know that's not the case. So, okay, Aaron's going to get better at age 40 next year. We're going to suddenly have more talent when, when we have to look at Joe. Fine. So, you th- what, what do you what? Again, what do you say is going to happen? That's all I ask to defend your business. Like, what do I think that's going to happen? Yeah, I think we're going to struggle. We'll beat, and we'll beat. Hey, we still got two games with the Lions and another with the Bears. As bad as the Packers are, they feasted off a pathetic NFC North for years. I don't think we'll catch the Vikings this year, but we'll, we might finish five hundred. We might sneak into the playoffs. This team's not the, the, the offense. And, and Tausch, if he's looking deep down, will admit this. There is no explosiveness on that team. Christian Watson was the Hail Mary. He's not going to do it this year. He's very raw, unpolished. And now yeah, they miss MVS. Huh? Huh? Well, anyway, and MVS wasn't going to get them to a Super Bowl either. The team, I mean, Goot's been there five years. Look at the offensive weapons he's amassed on that team. They are really bad. He's missed. He missed on Terry McLaurin. He missed on Gabe Davis, who was available. He's missed on Amon St. Brown. He's got, I mean, we got DeGaro. We got Sternberger. We got. Um, well, now we don't have Sternberger Ryan. anymore. It's not him. Well, we, we, <laughs> it has not we, been an area of his strength. We, yeah. uh, well, there's we, no question. I think, I think if, if maybe a little more critical critique of Goot's all around performance, we play the, the Washington Commanders next week. The player picked right after Jake Sternberger was Terry McLaurin, who's almost one of the top 
receivers playing for a crappy team. He's had opportunities. Well, of course, he's got our first and fourth round picks in 2020. He came in and did a bang-up job there. So might make drive. the playoffs this year if they're lucky, and then we'll get even worse next year is what you're saying. Well, we're, 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 we're not – I mean, Aaron's not getting better. The talent on offense is not getting better anytime soon. Um, Elton Jenkins, how, what, what are we going to do? Are we going to have uh, Aaron Jones? Are we going to keep him at his contract? The team's up against it. The Cavs. They, they, they went all in on bended knee to Aaron Rodgers, and it didn't work out for him. This is, they're going to have to pay the piper. And that's on Zeke. That's on Murph. Appreciate the call, Jason. 855-616-1620 is the number to get into the show. Um, I, I guess you just hope that the young talent, I mean, Romeo Dobbs, you've seen the flashes from Romo. You know that there is athleticism within Christian Watson. So I guess in terms of his assessment of future years being just completely down the drain, like, uh, that's that's kind of what you're hanging your head on, that you have the development of those guys um, to kind of fall back yeah, on. Yeah, who do they have that's going to be special? That's going to tilt the field. Yeah, and I guess and going back to something you said earlier, Gabe, the the part that's a little bit worrisome is you you saw Dobbs in that Tampa game have that big first half. Yep. And you kept hoping, let's see more of it. You know, and Watson can't stay healthy. You're getting Sammy Watkins back, but I can't sit here in good faith. And I never said this that this was going to be some explosive offense this year. I thought Aaron Jones and Dylan needed to be the guys. And when they have played at a high level, we've moved the football. Unfortunately, it is easier to stop the running game in this league. You can put people down and get people in the box, and and you can slow that. And Green Bay doesn't have any explosive offensive weapons. That's accurate. I can't sit here and and tell you. And when you've had the openings, Watson dropped one, Dobbs dropped one. It just hasn't been there. So you have to trust – that Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are going to develop. Is that going to happen this year? They need to. And right now I can understand why everybody is sitting here saying what they're saying, because when you lose by 17 at home to a team that you should beat, or you at least think you should, and you're dominated the way you were in the second half, again, all things are on the table. Tausch, we appreciate you jumping on. Can't wait to hear more of your reactions after you kind of uh, have a, a little bit of time to absorb it and, and hear your takes tomorrow morning on Wilde and Tausch, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. Can't wait for the positive. It. Can't wait for the positive. Uh, yeah, I'll figure it out. I think I got it. I think I'm going to steal yours, Homer, that there's going to be more noon games in the future. That's going to be my positive. I wish to say I'm proud that I gave you that. Come on, go with Tunyon. <laughs> Tunyon. Tunyon. Uh, Tunyon? Uh, it's just a, t- it's a tough day as a Packer fan, but there'll be better days. We hope, I we, just hope they're soon. Yeah, we certainly hope so. Uh, appreciate it, Tausch. Uh, Mark Tausch always joins us for that first hour plus of Green Bay Game Day postgame, giving us his, uni- his uh, great perspective as a Packers Hall of Famer. We'll get back to the phone lines. We'll get back to you on the Bodox wine line at 855-616-1620 as the Green Bay Game Day postgame show rolls on next. More of Green Bay Game Day postgame coming up next. Presented by Island Resort and Casino on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Trickery, Perios, 
Jones with the speed, and he is in for the touchdown. For the first time in the Matt Four era, the Packers have lost back-to-back games in the regular season. 27-10, the final, as they fall to the New York Jets at Lambeau Field this afternoon. Please remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell, put money in the Salvation Army kettle. Please donate now at samilwaukee.org. Homer and Gabe hanging out uh, with you until 6 o'clock, taking your calls on the Box One line at 855-616-1620. Plenty of reaction out there as we go out to Sean in Sun Prairie. Sean here on the Tundra Trio Radio Network in the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Not great. Uh, no, not great at all. Uh, things aren't going to turn around because the two people you're going to need to do it is going to be Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one, Matt LaFleur is not going to do it because he just doesn't know how to pivot from when something's not working. And two, Aaron Rodgers, I think uh, he's played a season too long. Uh, not that he doesn't have the skill, but I think he's checked out. I think he uh, is realizing he probably shouldn't have played this year. You know, with Jake the Snake Plumber coming out with uh, rumors that he, he's told someone within the organization that it's his last year. Maybe he's just, you know what, uh, we're done. Three, a cold rainy day in Green Bay when in, uh, the team's emphasis is running the ball to win games, they failed miserably. And fourth, with your all-in approach on having the defense carry games so the offense doesn't have to score as many points, is not working. That's why they're not going to turn it around, and that's why they'll be 500 at best. Yeah, I mean, running the ball today, uh, the Packers as a team, 20 carries for 60 yards. So it's not as if, I don't think you can get, like last week you could make the accusation, why did they stop running the football? I think they kept it going, Homer. They tried to figure out a way to keep running the football, and Aaron A.J. Dillon had 10 carries, his long of 19, he had 41 yards on the ground. Aaron Jones, 9 carries, 19 yards. Like just zero places for those running backs to go outside of the one long run by A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I, I just think that they he he just has to throw quick. I mean... But the other teams know that. Fine. So but, you come up, you jam them at the line of scrimmage, you play man-to-man. Well, yeah, man. but you have so many people. You can't jam everybody. I think there's... The, but the premise of throwing long is a waste of time. Like, I have never seen him throw long when there was double coverage. You know, like when the pass is incomplete and yeah. there are two players there. There was one play today where he threw it up to Lazard in the end yes. zone and double coverage. That was it. But otherwise, yeah, it's one-on-one. He's, he's, he's trying to create advantage. And they're not open. It requires him, and he's not good enough to make that incredibly perfect pass, or he doesn't know See, them I, as well I, as Devontae. I guess I'm just not going to get on board with the... Aaron Rodgers can't do it anymore because the first throw that he had down the field in the first half to Alan Lazard was perfect. Yeah. No, I and think then he the can touchdown, do it. And then the touchdown pass back shoulder. But, yeah, I mean, just throwing down the field, they showed the numbers today. I think he, you know, was like 30, you know, he, yeah. he was shy of 40%, and he was pretty good at throwing the ball down the field last year. And it's it just not high percentage plays. But if nobody's getting open underneath because everybody's coming up, then, yeah, right. you've got to try to beat but them by going long. my answer would be going long. You go back shoulder every time. You have to find a way, as you've done with your old guys, of getting completed passes when the guy's not open. Yeah, that's the tough thing to do. And the one thing he had for him in 2015 is he had 
James Jones returned to the team, and maybe Alan Lazard is this year's James Jones where he ends up with 850 receiving yards, something like that, uh, and that ends up leading the team. He did. Like uh, Lazard did, did have a, a good fantasy day. He had 76 yards. And a touchdown. And a touchdown. but And four catches. Yeah, that's not a bad fantasy. Right. Day. It's just one of those things like the team sucks and then one guy has it. It just doesn't matter. I don't. I just think that's their best option because I th- still think he's capable. Now, when you do that, you can't have a guy drop a pass or you yeah. know that just kills you. Yeah, the, the margin for error for this offense is so small. It's so small. They have five drops today. Not that, not that that would have made a huge difference because they still lost by three scores. But still, like... It just everything seems to be magnified, and when when you have this few, like in 2011, when they had the best offense in team history, okay, guy dropped the ball. Who cares? We have so much talent. We're gonna right. get this on the next play anyway. It'll be fine. And that's just not the way that this offense is built. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. We go to Dean. Dean, you are on the Tundra Trio Radio Network Green Bay Game Day Post Game Show with Homer and Gabe. Hey, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Uh, not doing great, Dean. How are you? Well, it, it was kind of sickening, actually. Um, actually, watching the first half, I have I've I've heard the callers call in. I've heard your comments. Everything's really great, but if you look at the first half of this game, it felt like you were watching a Pee Wee League football game. It was disgusting. There was no offense. There was no defense. There were blocked punts, blocked field goals. It was, it, it was a joke. Now the first half, and the uh, there were I think fifteen possessions. <laughs> right, and three to three, right? Yep. Yes, and I was happy that field goal. Yeah, yeah field goal, three to three. I mean, I mean, right, fifteen possessions. Oop, and we got a field goal. And the only reason we got a field goal is because they screwed up. Why are you going at? Why are you going for a first down on fourth and one when you haven't got a first down all day? The coach is making big mistakes here, and he even admitted in his press conference, "Oh, we should have went on fourth down." Yeah, you shouldn't have. I mean, it was stupid football. It was fumbles. And that's well. And that's the other thing with this defense. So we appreciate the call, Dean. That's the other thing with this defense. It's just they haven't forced turnovers. They haven't had the opportunity. It just doesn't seem like, like just kind of keeping an eye on some of the other games going on right now. And the Bills just went for it on fourth down. They trail seven three. Did not get it. Uh, so the Chiefs going to be taking over around the five their own five yard line. But just kind of keeping an eye on some of those games. Keeping an eye on the red zone. It just seems like there are tip balls. And even if they don't get intercepted, you know, like there's a chance. Oh, okay, if this guy chases it down, maybe. It just doesn't seem like they are even close to creating any of these turnovers. No, and that's been one of the keys to the team with Rodgers. He turns it over so seldom, you're going to win turnovers. And that's that. I don't know if they've won a turnover battle this year. That is, they lost the turnover battle again today. Right. That is, you want another positive thing? That has to improve. It's just not possible for it not to improve. But, man, I there was not a single play today that I can point to or think of. That, oh, man, they were really right. close to creating a turnover on that play. No, the, and, no, and I would I mean, say nothing. this with the Giants and also with the Jets. How much more aggressive and tough their defense seems mm-hmm. than the Packers. Packers are horrible tackling. How many times do you see guys actually 
get around someone like wrapping up in there, 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 there just aren't any hard hits. There are a couple, but very few. Just the other team seems so much more aggressive, and that is what creates turnovers. Uh, Campbell seems to have forgotten how to tackle. Yes. Hey, he had a couple missed tackles today. Um, we, here, here's a text from the 262. Maybe I'm mistaken, but did Amari Rodgers catch a pass today? Yes. Yes. Yes, he did, because he ended up playing some more There's offensive snaps. Less. Because... Uh, uh, Randall Cobb got Right. Hurt. You don't know this, but they actually called Gabe to see if he could get to Green Bay. <laughs> Gabe said, I can't make it. So they uh, had no choice but to put Amari Rodgers. Yeah. Well, the funny part is with Amari is they replaced him last week on kickoff returns with Christian Watson. And Watson gets hurt and they replace him again. Yeah. And they don't even put him back there. And by the way, Keyshawn Nixon had a pretty good return. Yes. Took it out of the end zone, took it out near the 30 yard line. Things are so bad, the fact that Amari Rodgers was clearly a bad draft pick doesn't seem to matter. No. There are things they have that has been trumped easily. Oh, so yeah. Like, okay, so what? He's on the team. Who cares? They've got so many other problems before. It's so far down the list. It doesn't even matter because there are so many other things you have to get to before you get to that. 855 616 1620. Vincent in New York. Vincent, you're on the Green Bay Game Day post it game show with Homer and Game of the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Oh, guys, it's been tough living in New York the past couple of days as a Packers fan. I uh, got to imagine couple of those Jeez. past couple of weeks, really. Yeah, yeah. jeez. <laughs> uh, I think the thing that's that's most concerning uh, to me is how poorly the offensive line is playing, and how uh, hesitant Lafleur and company are to make a decision about moving Jenkins back to guard because clearly it's not working. He seems kind of overmatched. Um, I don't know if it has anything to do with the injury. It's just not his original position. And, you know, especially with, with Tom and Nyman sitting on the bench the way that Newman's been playing, I think haven't we kind of seen enough at this point where a, a change would be warranted? You know, they were getting stunted on all game today. And then if I can make an addendum to that point, additionally concern or even more concerning is that last week, you know, everybody was ranting and raving about the defense. And what scares me the most about this team is that every week we seem to have something new that is causing us to say that the sky is falling. It's not like this, like last year it was special teams every single week. This year it's, well, this week, what's no, the it's new true. thing going to be? Well, th- it's going to drive us crazy. I mean, there have been new things that have, you know, become wrong each and every week. But there's one thing that's been consistently bad. I don't know if it's going to bring you any comfort that the run defense still just doesn't exist. Right. 179 more yards rushing today for the Jets. By the way, factoring in the kneel downs by Zach Wilson at the end of the game. And it, it goes bad even if for part of the game, it's great. Yep. Because in the second right. half, it was terrible. And I think, yeah, and, and one, one small point, you know, I mentioned special teams. You know, they weren't perfect today. They, you know, they've been better. One of, one of the, the, the sort of... Um, Wait a minute. They were horrible the today. Game. On the block punt, thought, well, the guy just the like was bad, sure. got straight through. He didn't really block the punt. The punt was blocked into him. Yeah. I mean, when you don't block a guy, it's pretty easy to. I understand what you guys are saying. The bar is pretty low from watching last year. No, no, you know, uh, no fumbles on the returns. I think the, I thought the coverage team wasn't bad, but what I was going to say was uh, not kicking the ball through the end zone after they scored the touchdown was kind of a head scratcher for me. And I thought they had 15 yards. Um, because of a, a penalty. So I was just wondering, like, why 
you know, what happened? Is that the one on roughing the passer that wasn't that called when the t- on the touchdown to Lazard? Um, there was roughing the passer. Yeah, I, I can't remember what the penalty, but yeah, they had it was out to the thirty-six. So that was kind of that was really frustrating because that was you know that's your chance there, and then you give the Jets another little spark. Yeah, uh, you know that 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 ten yards, especially the way that the Green Bay's been playing, they have to fight for every single yard these days. That really frustrated me. I want to know. We didn't address it, but uh... most teams in that situation don't boot it out of the end zone because they look at it as an opportunity if you cover well to keep them inside uh, the, the twenty. 25. Or yeah. not even just the twenty-five, okay. but the twenty, because you're so much closer in terms of your coverage unit that you can get down there in time to make a play. Is the offensive line worse because the offensive line coach is now the offensive coordinator? It's certainly something worth considering. I think probably I that too. Like I think Stenovich ought to go back into the offensive line room, and maybe Lafleur should be calling the plays. Well, Lafleur has Lafleur still is calling the plays. Nathaniel Hackett wasn't calling the plays. He just got the promotion to offensive coordinator and all the responsibilities throughout the course of the week that go with that. But Lafleur still has been calling the plays. But yeah, Stenovich, who's been such a good offensive line coach, just doesn't have the opportunity to spend with the offensive line that he has in the past. Thanks for clearing that. And it's clearly been worse. Easy part of the schedule. Sorry, that's the last point I'm going to make before I hang up. This was supposed to be the soft part of the schedule. Well, but Gabe uh, said so it right. It's possible both the New York teams are better than we thought. I think they probably are. Yeah, they both could be playoff teams. That being said, I still thought they should win these games. No, 27 to 10, I would emphasize today, is the margin of the game. Yeah. And everyone would agree that the offensive line was never was never this bad when he was the offensive line coach. No. No. Even when they had no. massive problems. No, last year, I mean, going into this year, a conversation we had on our show, Jen Gabe and Chewy, 7 to 9 on ESPN Milwaukee every weekday morning, Mark Chimura, Packers Hall of Famer, pointed out, like, man, Yash Nyman held up well last year. And maybe you can make the point that maybe the offensive line wasn't good enough in, and I've made that point. I think if David Bakhtiari plays against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in the 2020 NFC Championship game, they go to the Super Bowl that year. If David Bakhtiari plays last year against the San Francisco 49ers at home, maybe they advance to an NFC Championship game there. But like throughout the course of the regular season, the offensive line wasn't an issue despite missing your four-time All-Pro left tackle, one of the yep. best tackles in the game. Yash held up just fine. Uh, even after Elton Jenkins went down, they figured out ways for that offensive line to still be fine last year, and they just don't have those same type of answers this year. 855-616-1620 is the number to get into show into the show. That is the Boda Box Wine Line. Still have to hear from QB1. Still to come in the next 30 minutes here on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Back after this with more Green Bay game day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino. Green Bay game day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino. With Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. And sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. And ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. To prove they can get open. Dillon fumbled the football. I think the Jets got it. Let's see. I think LaMarcus Joyner is there. He is, and the Jets recover. The lone turnover of the game led to a Jets field goal. The Packers fumbled it, and then the field goal by the Jets led to the first points of the game. They took a 3-0 lead at that point. Packers tied it up at 3-3, and from that point were promptly outscored in the second half, 24-7. Let that sink in. The Packers were outscored by the New York Jets at home this afternoon, 24-7 to in the second half. It's tough yeah. to swallow. It's tough no, to swallow, that's man. No, that's, that's the part of it. That um, After it was 3-3, three, three, 
Uh, here is a uh, response to the poll we have, and you can, again, follow us on the uh, Tundra Trio Radio Network Twitter feed, at Tundra Trio Radio. This was a, co- a question posed by Tausch before he took off for the night. Do you believe Green Bay will turn their season around? 75% of people saying no. And a response to it, I'm trying to find one thing with them that looks better in week six than it did in week one to signify progress, and I'm coming up blank. No, there is none. The only uh, the only hope you have is hope based on what Rodgers and LaFleur have done in previous years. And this is lower than they've been before, but you, they, they seem to figure it out, and... That's the only hope you have because other than that, there's nothing you write on paper that you've seen from the team this year. No. That makes you feel. No, I mean, again, the special teams were one thing that had been holding up and have been good. I mean, Pat O'Donnell had been punting well. Mason Crosby hadn't missed a kick. Coverage units, good. You know, there was a slip up every now and then. You're going to have that in terms of your coverage units, but today you had two block kicks. Two. And it looked more like last year than it did ever yeah, before. Yeah, I, I still have faith in special teams. The the troubling part, because, I mean, whatever, you're going to get a block didn't kick they, By blocked, the way, whatever. didn't the Packers get whooped by a significant margin in the second half against the Giants, too, weren't they? Uh, yeah, because they were up. I mean, they scored two points in the second half in that game. They were outscored 17-2 to two yes. in the second half. Uh-huh. And today was, wow. Today was 24-7. to seven. Two games becomes a trend. It's not good. Not, again, it's, it's tough to hang your head on anything with this team right now. We take your calls, 855-616-1620 on the Box Wine Line. Tori in Columbus. Tori, you're on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, I, I got three quick questions. All right. As we'll see if we can answer for, for I, I know you can. You're way smarter than me, both of you. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I definitely know about that. Okay, but, all right. Um, has, <laughs> has Matt LaFleur ever outcoached anybody in his tender? Um, how many the answer is obviously he yes. Been? He's the first coach ever to have 13 wins in three straight years. You okay. can't be so outcoached in every game and have that kind of a record. Otherwise, people would want to be outcoached. Oh, so a two-time MVP doesn't mask his play calling. Sure. I mean, how but... many times has he been out coached? Look at this year. Is this just talent? Look at what Bill Belichick did to us. Yep. You know, Max Kellerman, you guys, you know, your ESPN radio saying, oh, Bill Belichick is not even the greatest coach anymore because he doesn't have Tom Brady. Look at what our coach is doing with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers had his in it. He knew what he was getting into. Well, let me add one thing. The reason Tom Brady left New England is because he viewed their offensive weapons similar to Green Bay's. Yeah. I mean, his last game as a New England Patriot, they lost in a wild card game, and their offense was not very good. So he left basically because he feared what's occurring with the Packers this year. Is that correct? correct? I think think that's part of it. Resigned. Aaron Rodgers re-signed for his $40 million contract, whatever, knowing he had no talent, all right? Yep. So, okay, we should have traded him. I mean, we're not going anywhere. Okay, yeah, the last Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers, he can pull off a miracle. I'm not counting him out. But really, we're not going to sign OBJ. He's not coming here. 
Get that out of your mind. You know, there's no way. There's nobody else. Okay, Randall Cobb, he's injured. Only maybe four, five, six weeks. There's nothing here. He targets Robert Tunyon, 10 targets. What's his longest pass? There's nothing to this offense. Okay, is this Aaron Rodgers trying to dictate or Matt LaFer? I don't know. I, I like... I think it's just nobody getting I like open. It. I think it's a lack of explosiveness in offense, and nobody can get open. Teams have just decided to play man to man against the Packers, yeah, and, and, and man, nobody can get open. And that's why we, and that's why we fired Mark uh, McCarthy, right? That's why we fired him. And look what he's doing with Cooper Rush. All right. So let's. Who is it? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is he running it? Where's the leadership? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is an outstanding Jay Cutler. Okay, no, that's that. That's, that's just an insult, man. That is cut him off. All right, I don't. We I don't know what Tori's uh, been drinking in Columbus. There, I know you there. got a good high school football team in Columbus, but yikes, man. We will Ooh. never allow any comparison no. to Aaron Rodgers and Jay Cutler. No. We found something not allowed on on the, uh, on the Green Bay Game the Day post game show. show. Yeah, it's no. I I just can't can't do that. Uh, Mark in Hobart. Mark, you are up next on the Green Bay Game Day post game show with Homer and Gabe. I don't know what that guy's smoking to consider, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Jay Cutler. That that's how bad. Media. By the way, Mark, like that's how bad today is. Like that was the first time we had to like cut somebody off and be like, yeah, okay, that's going too far because you can't discount anything. <laughs> yes, but I can discount well, that. Here's, Correct. Here's, that is the first time I've been able I, I to discount anything. Allow me to say they might not win another game. Yes, you'll allow that. Correct. But not Aaron Rodgers is Jay Cutler. A hundred percent. What do you got, Mark? Right. I I guarantee it's better than Cutler is a good uh, uh, Jay Cutler. Yeah, the, I mean, the positive thing that came out of day, out of the day is Skull Vikings, let's win the game. All right, okay, all right. Wait, how do Vikings we do Okay, like, how do we hang up, hang up on him? How do we do this? I don't know. All right, that's also not allowed. I, I'm with you there, but you. It, this isn't about the Vikings being any better than right. we thought the Vikings Man. were. This is about where the Packers are. I can't think of the last time they were at this point. I am. I have a lot of respect for the troll job that Mark just pulled on us, because he was on hold for over forty-five minutes just to sing that like, dumbass yeah. song. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've, part of me respects it. I mean, I'm still upset by it, but part of me still, you know, respects the fact that he held on the line forty-five minutes to do that. And there's nothing I can do because the Packers lost twenty-seven ten to the New York Jets. We hear. From the quarterback coming up next, but first I got to tell you, simple, smooth with, and every sip is as easy as the last. Of course, I'm talking about Tito's handmade vodka. It tastes just as good with tap water as it does with your favorite mixer. Back in the day, Tito distilled, hand bottled, taste tested, sent to a few friends, and then taste tested again, just to give you the finest juice around. No frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff. Just Tito's. For recipes, videos, and more, visit titosvodka.com distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. More of Green Bay Game Day postgame coming up next. Presented by Island Resort and Casino on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. And sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. And ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Things were so bad for the Packers today in their 27-10 loss. 
that we haven't even brought up the issue of Aaron Rodgers' thumb and the injury and how it clearly affected him early in the game. I think he kind of settled in and eventually figured it out as the game went along. But the Packers lose to the Jets 27-10. This is the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. I'm Gabe Nights along with Steve the Homer True taking your calls at 855-616-1620. That is the Botabox Wine Line. But right now it's time to hear from QB1. Are we going to as- get relaxed? I don't think so. No, I really don't think so. And this QB Presser is brought to you by Ridge Top Exteriors, where customer service is our number one goal. Check them out at RidgeTopExteriors.com. The first question to QB1 was about that injured thumb. It's a little sore. Did it bother your, affect your accuracy or your throws today? Uh, maybe a couple, but not too many. You up? Uh, do you guys feel like you're kind of in a crisis mode right now a little bit? I don't really know what that means, Pete. Can you explain? Um, that, you know, the season's kind of wobbly right now and things are on the brink? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we got to be realistic about where we're at. We've played a couple uh, subpar games in the last two, so we got to play better. But uh, wobbly, only if people are breaking rank. You know, I think it'll be interesting to look at the comments uh, from all of our guys and coaches, and hopefully we stick together. That's the important thing. But until I see us breaking ranks, I'm not going to say there's any wobbliness going on. Aaron, what is it that you think you guys need to be offensively? What, what do you need to do? Simpler. Simpler. Let's simplify some things. Do you spend when you say anyone's breaking rank? How much time do you spend reading your reports or listening to videos or radio just to do zero? Zero. What's that? Zero. So that Tom, Tom sometimes will send me some stuff, but I spend zero time on that. So how would you know about it then? Tom would send me it. Yeah. Aaron, can I get back to just what you mean? Yes, yeah, What do you mean by simplify? What, like, you're talking like scheme, you're talking. Game plans, too much volume. What, what do you think? All of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too specific. Um, and I'm not uh, not attacking anything. I just think that based on how we've played the last two weeks, I think it's going to be in our best interest to simplify things uh, for everybody, for the line, for the backs, for the receivers, um, especially with Cobby's injury. Um, just simplify some things, and and uh, maybe that'll help us get back on track. Aaron, what's your message to the guys? Um, there's a, I don't know, three quarters of guys who've never been in this position, you know, with, with you guys, you know? What position? Oh, struggling. You guys have won 13, 13, and 13 as far as wins go. This is a kind of a new thing for a lot of players. Yeah, this is the NFL, so nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Let's get back to, get back to business. If it's good enough, when we're three and one, it's got to be good enough when we're three and three. So, can't ride the roller coaster wave of emotions. Like I said, I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see how we all respond to this tomorrow and this week. I felt like we had a great week of practice, so this uh, performance today was surprising. But uh, we got to watch our language and the kind of energy that we're manifesting. But I'm gonna be steady with the guys, and I expect our leadership to do the same. So, Aaron. Simplification notwithstanding, 
just your execution, whether it's protection, whether it's how you're playing, whether it's how routes are being run. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen you guys not look like you really knew who you were and what you wanted to do. How do you view how your offense is playing right now? Very inconsistent. And that's why I think we need to simplify things. Because on the couple drives we didn't move the ball, it was very simple things. Very simple plays. Uh, no motion, so we need to look at everything and 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 the guys that we got and what we can accomplish with them and and let's you know let's be smart about moving forward. Nobody works harder than Matt on the plan each week, and nobody comes with better ideas than him and his staff. Um, but if it's not working, um, it's not because those guys aren't grinding. It's because we're not executing and. Uh, if we think we have the right players, then we need to simplify things. If you don't, then that's a whole other conversation. So do you think, but you knew, you had a pretty good idea coming into the season, right? Devontae's gone, you've got young guys in the interior of the line. Like, I guess I'm confused. Did you guys not, did you think you could be more complicated and run the scheme the way you've run it the last two years when you've been so great and now you're realizing you can't? Or did you overestimate what you I guess I'm just confused how now now it's, oh, we need to simplify, but you kind of knew the core. Let me explain it to you, Jay. It's not now. It's always been like this. It's always been when we struggle, we're doing too much. So whether it's with Devontae Adams out there, we're no Devontae Adams. When we get into problems is when we uh, maybe try and do too much. So there's multiple times, but in the past, based on the personnel or the way we were playing, we could get through that and win some of those games. So this is not a new thing that I'm, I'm saying here. This has been a part of every season, even in 2019. You know, it wasn't like we were gangbusters to start the season. Um, but there were times where we needed to just rein it in a little bit. Let's just simplify some things. Make sure our guys are, uh, you know, getting playing with more confidence. Um, that to be said, the standard is the standard, and the plays that we had in were easily, you know, understood and executable. So this is not an attack on the on the staff at all, because they put in a plan that can win football games. But the execution, when it looks like that, you know, it's not good enough. So we do probably need to rein it in a little bit. But like I said, this has happened in 19 and 20 and 21. All the same. It's just different personnel, different years, different uh, momentums, different energy. Did you, did you think that last week, or did this game really crystallize? No, I thought that uh, you know all the time. I mean, uh, the simplest plays are the best plays. The smartest players are the best players. Um, that's what I've always believed in. So uh, there are times where we get out there and scheme can look really amazing, and there's times where. We're not executing the scheme, and the scheme is good, really good. Um, but even the best scheme takes good execution. And when we're not executing the way we're capable of executing, or the way we believe we should be capable of executing, then it might be time to reel it back in a little bit and, and uh, simplify some things. Aaron, where are you in your belief that this team can be great and the trust with one another that you can take the steps to be there? Probably higher than yours. Aaron, you got hit a lot today. Yeah. 
did the Jets do anything up front that was not expected, or is that more? No, they run about uh, you know two or three pressures. Maybe it felt like all day. It was four man rush. You know, every now and then they mug uh, Mosley up in the gap, but it was uh, execution. You know, they brought some twists, but we knew they're like you know fifty percent twist in certain situations based on the analytics. So we just didn't uh, execute that very well. Looks like you guys were searching for things to fix the right side. You've played a lot of snaps over the last year with Yash. Yeah. Why, why hasn't he gotten an opportunity there yet? Uh, that's not really a question for me. Um, I don't make those decisions. Uh, we have a lot of confidence in Yash. We have confidence in in uh, in the right side as well. We just, you know, we got to figure out what the best situation is over there. But. Again, it's, it, a lot of it's, I'm, I'm sure, and I haven't obviously seen the film yet, but a lot of it's very simple mistakes. So we're making simple mistakes on complex plays. Uh, to me, the natural response is to simplify things even more. Or, you know, if you need to make uh, some moves, you make some moves. Hey, Aaron. Um, Bill mentioned how you guys haven't faced a lot of adversity, regular season adversity with how many games you've won. Matt was in here earlier. He said the phrase he said was, "There has to be an urgency to want to improve." When you talk about manifesting and staying steady, do you have to make sure that that younger guys or guys that have not experienced the adversity that you have during regular seasons understand what it takes to get things back on track if they don't really have experience turning things around? Uh, yes, but. The biggest thing is to guard against the freakout, you know, to guard against the feeling into the wobbliness um, and to let that creep into your mind. Um, like I said, if the preparation is good enough in the wins, it's got to be good enough in the losses. The execution is obviously different. So it's always good to, with a fine tooth comb, go back over your own stuff. You know, be very critical of yourself, your preparation for the week, your performance, your mindset, all that stuff, and then make tweaks that need to be made. But for me, I'm not going to change. You know, the the standard is a standard. I'm going to try and play to that standard I've set for myself. But the preparation that I go through is going to stay the same. The the way I show up to practice and during the week with enthusiasm and energy is going to stay the same. And I expect the other guys to do the same. You know, as a rookie, as a young player, you got to fall in the line. Um, but I'm not going to freak out or, or have, you know, make any grand statements. I'm just going to get back to what I do best, go through the process, you know, have real good conversations with Matt and with our staff and, and try and get this thing fixed because those guys care about it. They put in a hell of a lot of time. Um, you know, it's, it's demoralizing, I'm sure, you know, to be grinding the way they do and us to go out there and play so crappy on offense. So we got to fix it as a group. Um, the players got to step up, though. The best teams are player-led teams. So it's time for us as players on both sides of the ball and on teams to like take the, truly take ownership of that. And I can't explain to you exactly what that looks like with an eight-step process, but it's a mindset. And until we get that mindset, we're going to be wallowing in this, uh, you know, inconsistency. Aaron Rodgers after the Packers' 27-10 to loss to the New York Jets. I'm not going to freak out. Uh, if there was one word that I could use to describe Aaron Rodgers' state of mind, yeah, simplify. Yeah. 
He went back to that how many times? Well, if he's throwing anybody under the bus, it's LaFleur. And I'm not saying he's, but the, that, that's, on, that's totally on LaFleur. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, he's not. He, he also made sure to say that this isn't a this year thing. It's, hey, this is when we struggled. Right. We just need to make things a little bit simpler. We'll have an opportunity to, to uh, talk with one of the people who was in that press conference asking him those questions. Jason Wilde going to be joining us in about 12 minutes. We'll take your calls on the Box wine line as we continue. 855-616-1620. Hour 3 on the Tundra Trio Radio Network of the Green Bay Game Day postgame show is next. HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Zach Wilson has a lot of time. He's got a man wide open. It's Davis, and he's got it down to the 20. A 41 yard gain to Corey Davis, and the Jets are in business. Jason Wilde coming up in about 10 minutes, hour three of the Green Bay Game Day post-game show. Gabe Nigel, Steve the Homer True, hanging out with you, taking your calls, 855-616-1620. I saw a tweet, I believe this is the biggest... Regular season home loss for Aaron Rodgers. I thought I saw that from Ken Ingles on Twitter. I'm, I can buy that. Uh, it is their biggest loss. He is, uh, his record at home is incredible. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, so, again, this uh, this coming from uh, Ken Ingles, uh, at Ken Ingles on Twitter. Um, uh, no, I, just, said- I, I, I had saw it, and now I lost it. But, yeah, like this, this is the worst home loss since they were shut out against the Lions at the end of the 2018 season where Aaron Rodgers was hurt, didn't finish the season. It's uh, it's just not great. I'm not going to freak out. Are you Are you going to freak out, Gabe? I think I am, yeah. Um, uh, I, I think I'm... Is there a difference between panicking and freak out? Because Tausch said it best. Like, I'm I'm in full panic mode, man. I am in panic mode right that's now. About freaking out. That's freaking out. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, then that's I'm freaking the definition out. of freaking out. When and, you have to listen to Paul and go... Damn, I got to listen to Paul because he could be right. Yes. That's freaking out. Because yeah. prior to this, when Paul said it, even after last week, I'm like, no, Paul, you just, you know. So, yeah. yeah, I'm panicking. I'm freaking out. And yeah. I understand that it's Aaron Rodgers' job to get up there and try to calm everyone. That's why he's done the RELAX before, he's done the run the table before, and he's been able to pull the team out. I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers, but. Right now, it's just kind of hard to see any sort of light at the end of the tunnel. No, and I'm wondering how much weight he can carry and, and turn things around. Carried and a lot of weight in 2015. Right, but it's not it's not 2015. So is he able to carry? That would be my question from this. Is he able to carry? Is he able to create or have enough of those plays when you go, wow, I can't believe he did that? There aren't enough of those. I don't know that he runs as much or... And it doesn't necessarily mean that that he should be doing more of that, but that's the yeah. biggest that's the biggest point. How because you always thought Rogers will figure it out. Rogers can bail him out. Now can he? How much can he bail out? Yeah, and that's what we're gonna have to find out. I think over the course of the next few weeks. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Eric in Deer Park has been holding on for a long time. We go to Eric. You're on the Green Bay Game Day post game show with Homer and Gabe. Hey, guys. Um, so no one is asking the question why Brian Gutenkunst has ignored the wide receiver position for years. 
just years in this modern passing NFL that has seen the last two Super Bowl champions have absolutely stacked wide receiver rooms. And when people have had Hall of Fame quarterbacks or top-tier quarterbacks, they, the first thing they do is surround that quarterback with wide receivers. And that was rule number one for Ted Thompson. It was rule number one for Ron Wolf. When you have a top-tier quarterback, you get wide receivers that he can spread the ball to. I don't understand it, guys. I've been complaining about it for years. So speak to me. Why? I- why does he ignore wide receivers? I, I, I don't have a good answer for you. I wish I had a good answer for you. But even if, correct, and, and I know last week, especially after Big Dog, Mercedes Lewis had the touchdown catch, and he's the only first-round pick that Aaron Rodgers has ever thrown a touchdown pass to, all those great things. Um, they still had, it seemed like a plan with wide receivers, as you mentioned, with Ted Thompson, where they're drafting receivers and developing those receivers in the second round, and then they completely went away from that where they didn't really have anybody there, kind of panicked, took three guys in one of the first draft classes that Brian Gutekunst had. Well, one of those guys was out of the league in two years. Another one is now a starting receiver for the Chicago Bears, and Equinemius Sam Brown really didn't do much here. And the other is Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who left and got a pretty good deal in free agency, but was... He's never going to be a number one in the league. You can maybe call him a, a, a fringe number two, but he's got athleticism. He certainly has a skill that this type of offense needs in terms of taking the top off the offense. But after you drafted those guys, it was also like, oh, okay, yep, we're good. And about the only other guy they added over since they took those guys was Amari Rogers, and hmm. he hasn't panned out. Well, and I would add, I think you have to add tight ends into that equation too to look at players that are a part of it because there have been great tight ends for the Packers when they had other wide receivers and – the reality is is that Goody's been pretty bad, and he hasn't gambled up top. I remember, I'll never forget when Jordy Nelson was drafted. What are you drafting a wide receiver there? So Goody's never gone up the top. Maybe mm-hmm. Watson's the closest, but his his selection, you mentioned those. So the next year in the third round, they take Sternberger. Do we need to talk about him? That's probably one of the worst picks ever. Uh, you know, in the following year, they go running back instead of wide receiver, and DeGuire's a third-round pick. Yep. Um in 21, um, Amari Rodgers is a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. So uh, any attempt to wait a little longer and get somebody that you think can be good, he's failed on all of them. Yeah, he's it's just a position he hasn't done well with. Right, so he Can't hasn't deny. gambled up high yep. as much as others. But and pro- when he's tried to replace it, He's just flat out failed. The first and second round is where you get those really good athletes. And I think yeah. that's what you're seeing for the Packers, having that lack of separation when teams want to go man-to-man, and that makes those windows super tight. And when Rodgers doesn't have the time to step into a throw and be as accurate as he can be, that's what makes it tough uh, for this Packers offense So if offense you're not right going to do that, you better be good at when you take him. He's been bad at both. Yeah. He hasn't done it. And trying to replace him, he's... I mean, imagine if Amari Rodgers was good. Then you you know as, cool. a, as a potential weapon yeah guess what though Homer what he's not good yeah no it's they keep they keep trying to find ways to keep him off the field it's, <laughs> it's just true. It's just the way they they, they operate and, and I don't know, I don't know why he's taking back. up a roster spot at this point he's actually pick number I take 85. that back I know that's exactly why right. he's still and taking I, a I roster wonder spot all the other wide 85. receivers at pick eighty five yeah that... I mean he would be. If he was taken where um, Jamon Moore was in the fourth round, yeah. he'd be out of the league just like Jamon Moore. Yeah. And the, the difference, Jamon Moore's pick 133. Yep. Uh, 85, 
Versus 133 yeah. is a huge difference. It is a huge difference. But he's been as effective as Jamon Moore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Casper. Ghost. <laughs> 855-616-1620. Mark in Green Bay. You're on the Boda Box Wine Line and the Green Bay Game Day post-game show with Homer and Gabe. Yeah, or Holly. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mark, can you turn down your radio, please? There we go. We're What's good, going but on, we Mark? don't have to hear ourselves oh. twice. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, um, I was kind of made an observation about the conditions of the ball today. We were getting rained on. Put, I went up uh, towards the end of the second half, and my buddy Jeff, when I came back, had a poncho on. I couldn't figure out where my row was because he had all of a sudden has a blue poncho on. And it's like I never saw the football getting wiped down at all. And we had two blocked field goals, a, a blocked punt, well, the Packers had five drop passes, but how much did the, the rain have an impact on this game? Because special teams was terrible, and I think that the balls might have been wet. Um, I'm not sure if that had anything. I mean, the, the, the Packers punt that they had blocked was, had nothing to do with the wetness. It just had everything to do with not blocking a guy who just came in basically untouched and just had a straight line to the punter, right in the middle. If you get pressure on a punter up the middle, the punter has no chance to get it away. He's got no chance, and that's what happened on that one. Uh, the Packers certainly had those drop passes, and A.J. Dillon seemed to have trouble staying on his feet at times. It, it maybe played a little bit of a factor. I don't think it played a huge factor in today's game. At least it didn't seem like it did not seem like it did to me watching here at the Avenue in the well, studios we have. In the ball? What? We're putting on ponchos. Ball's getting wet. Why aren't they wiping the ball off? I mean, because the, the I mean the the ball gets circled in and out. They're they're you know every two or three plays. So there's new balls coming in they're to play just, all the time. There was just never any impression to me watching the game that the, the rain was an issue. No, by anything, by anything anybody did uh, other no. than the ball coming see. out of Rogers' hands early. I think was more Rogers' thumb, His thumb yeah. than than the ball being wet in the rain. Although the, it maybe didn't help things early, but. It didn't seem like it was really right. affecting much to me. But even if it was, the Jets still figured out a way to, to handle it, and they handled the Packers today 27-10. to 10. Certainly appreciate the call, Mark. Jason Wildey going to be joining us next, but I do have to give you the injury recap brought to you by Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin, there is a difference. Visit orthowisconsin.com today. The big one, Randall Cobb, um, they appear very hopeful that it's not going to be a season-ending injury the way it seemed when he came off the field with the ankle injury on the cart. Uh, that from Aaron Rodgers and, and Matt LaFleur after the game saying that he was in pretty good spirits after the contest, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, a short-term stay on the IR certainly could be in the future for Randall Cobb, but it does not appear to be season-ending, at least as of right now. Jason Wilde going to give us more coming up next in the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. More of Green Bay Game Day postgame coming up next. Presented by Island Resort and Casino and sponsored by Bud Light. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day Postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Your key to inside the numbers, inside the hash marks, and inside the locker room. All Packers, all the time. Packers reporter Jason Wilde is on Green Bay Game Day Postgame. Brought to you by WPS Health Solutions. Visit OperationFanMail.com to nominate an active duty service member or military veteran for recognition this season.
friend. He is our teammate. He is here to simplify things for the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. He is Jason Wilde. Good evening, Jason. Are you going to freak out? Uh, well, I'm definitely not going to freak out. But is Gabe? Is Gabe? The real question is, is Gabe? Yeah, I'm with Tausch, man. Like Tausch in his opening segment said, it's panic time. So I'm I'm with Tausch. It's panic time. P A N I C. Is that the best joke you ever told? That has been just edited out by history. Yeah, it's but it's completely lost to history, no doubt about it. And you know, he even gets up there and makes a subtle reference to uh, to relax today. How he said he wasn't going to make any grand statements. That's because I don't think he can, in good conscience, tell everyone to relax. Yep. By that standard, he's freaking out. It's different. Yeah, exactly. He knows it's different. He's just not sure how much different it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, I'm sure we have all week to, to discuss this kind of thing, and we joked about it last week about what would you give up to get Devontae Adams back and all those folks that, for whatever reason, uh, looked at that one final game and became convinced that Rodgers forced the ball to him more too often and everything else. Um, oh, look, uh, this this offense, somebody, I think it was Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated, who asked if asked Rodgers if, if they had the horses. And I think if we're being honest, they don't. Uh, now, could uh, Romeo Dobbs continue to develop and become a much better player by the end of the season? Is that one of the reasons why... Packers fans shouldn't completely freak out right now. Yeah, I I, I do firmly believe that. Um, I still, I, I don't know if I saw them losing by 17 points to the Jets at home. Uh, after after that, it's tied at half. I want to emphasize that. Yeah, uh, after, I mean, three to three, but yeah, your point is accurate. Um, you know, I... I Thought that they, I thought this was a game they could lose. I, I did believe that, especially coming back from London and with the Jets being, you know, the joke when the schedule came out of, well, they didn't take the bye after London, but at least they played the Jets. Um, you know, I'm glad I, I didn't make that joke too often because Robert Sala would have the receipts on it. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Jets are on the upswing, and I went into this game thinking, you know, there's a formula where they can lose this game. I didn't see their offense being as utterly inept as it was today. Like they couldn't block. They couldn't run. Rodgers was inaccurate. They couldn't catch. They had a bunch of drops. It's, uh, it's tough to be accurate, open. Jason, when you're under pressure all day long. Yeah, but I thought he was inaccurate on some throws where he had time to. Okay. You know, I mean, and look, I, I think what is remarkable about this is just the, the fact that these games have come back to back that the defense has not been anywhere near being able to carry the offense. Uh, And then, you know, obviously today, the special teams reverted to its uh, pre-Bisaccia form. But as I was saying to Jim Polzine, as we're planning our coverage for the State Journal, I said, look, the thing is, is that with Rodgers, you know, I've always called him the great deodorant, right? He covered up all the other aspects of your operation that stink. And today, the defense stunk, and the special teams stunk. But historically, almost invariably, he's been able to cover that up. And today, there's no deodorant. As as an offense, they they went without deodorant, and they stunk it up. And yeah. and so, yes, was he under duress 
I think he was sacked four times. He was hit nine times. Yeah, he was. Uh, were there times, though, where he had ample time and he threw a ball that wasn't – I mean, the expectation with him, and he loves to say the standard is the standard. You know, when I asked him last week at his locker where he is in comparison to the standard that he expects of himself, you know, I, 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 he, he said that he hasn't played as well as he, – he's played – He's played as well as he can play at times was the way he answered it. Well, today, with all the other stuff going on, and again, that's part of it. The thumb's part of it. The protection's part of it. The young guys around him are part of it. But to me, that's proof that the operation has always been more than just how great Rodgers is, but his greatness then can make up for the small failings when you have failings of every stripe and shade, like they had today, he has to play near perfect, and obviously he was not. And I want to ask you, how much greatness is there in terms of how much he can make up for now? Yeah, I think that's a fair, reasonable question, and, and I don't know. Like, What do you I, think, I though? Been, I mean, I, I have been... Um, the anti-chicken little about this offense, right? I, I told you guys from the very beginning, and even during the, during the training camp when, when uh, the defense was eating the offense's lunch, my position was, I'm not sure if that proves that the defense is that good. I just think that this offense is going to take a really long time to be anything close to what we've come to expect from it. I stand by that. Like, as bad as this feels today, and if you're a Packers fan, it feels horrible. And if you're Matt LaFleur, it feels horrible. But as bad as it is, I still think this is the kind of team that through more weeks of the season and more uh, tweaking of what they do, you know, there's part of me that thinks, hey, man, Aaron, why don't you let Matt LaFleur run the offense as it's designed and let's see how that works. Not saying that you need to be a game manager, but, you know, let's not change quite as many plays to the line of scrimmage. Let's just, let's, you know, let's put you under center and have you, you know, because one thing, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but they're in the shotgun a hell of a lot. Yep. And what what was working for them the first couple of years in this offense, and I remember writing stories about it, I remember talking about it, was how great the play-action game was. That, you know, there was even criticism of the Mike McCarthy regime that they would run play-action fakes that looked nothing like their actual run plays because they really didn't care that much about play-action fakes. And then here comes here comes Matt LaFleur and his scheme, and not only do they care about them, but they go to such lengths to make sure that they look just like the actual runs that it really turned into a strength for them. Well, how often – I have to go back and look. I haven't obviously watched the game yet, but, like, Sure seems to me that Rodgers is in the shotgun a lot. And part of that is that their offensive line couldn't block to save their lives. But I think through six games, he's been in the shotgun a lot. And their play-action game, which is supposed to be a strength, is not a strength. Do they need to go back to that? Rodgers and all his talk about simplifying things. You know, having a quarterback like him in and of itself makes things more complicated, right? He's the one who tells us that there's two versions of the offense. There's the offense on paper, and then there's the offense as he runs it. Well, I don't know about you, but when I hear him say that, that doesn't sound to me 
like something that's simple. That sounds more complicated than simple because now young guys like Romeo Dobbs and Jawan Winfrey and Amari Rogers, who was forced to play today, and you know, as much as Rod, Aaron Rodgers didn't want him on the field, look like he did his job today. But if there's two versions of the offense, that doesn't sound simple to me. And so for him to say that you know the, the coaches need to simplify things, okay. Well, I'm curious to hear what that looks like because if that if they're going to simplify things, then that means he has to do simpler things too. So look, he says he's not going to freak out, but Homer, I think the way you said it is perfect. Like. Okay, he's not the crazy guy who's going to run around the locker room screaming and yelling, but when he's unwilling to be reassuring under those circumstances, for him, that qualifies as something of a freak out. I mean, you you just kind of summed everything up there, Jason, in terms of Aaron Rodgers and wanting to make things simple. What did Matt LaFleur, what did he have to say after the game in terms of what he sees going wrong right now. Yeah, I mean, somebody asked him, you know, why can't you guys put together a full game on offense? And, and you know, it's never a good sign when a coach says, uh, that's a fair question. If, if we knew, we wouldn't be in this spot, right? And that's usually a white flag of, yeah, we don't know. Um, and then his next phrase was, we're in a pretty bad predicament right now. What is occurring in the greatest degree that he didn't expect or anticipate? Well, I think, uh, you know, I think in, I think today. Offensive know, line. I think their offensive line was just, just abhorrent. And I don't think that that's necessarily been the case uh, when they've struggled offensively. Like, certainly they've had their struggles there, and, and Elton Jenkins has struggled to get back to form, and Bakhtiari has had his struggles, and the three interior guys – are all young guys. And then, you know, I mean, it got so bad today that they finally benched Royce Newman, who I, I just don't think is very good. Like they got, he, and, and I hate to compare him to Will Whitaker, who was the nicest fella in the 05 season from Michigan state, seventh round pick uh, started all, all the games that year when they went four and 12 at guard. And then like was never heard from again, like, and was out of the league within a year or two. Um, Royce Newman started 16 games last year, uh, didn't start the opener. And then when they put together their offensive line for the playoff game, they benched him. Now he comes in here, he plays right tackle. He plays right guard throughout training camp. Frankly, doesn't seem to be, uh, especially good at either one. Um, and then they bench him. They put in Jake Hansen. And then Jake Hansen goes out there, and, and again, I don't have the technical diagnosis, but anytime a guy leaves a game with a biceps injury and is immediately ruled out, I'm guessing that he tore his biceps, which is a really bad injury. Seems like a safe probably guess. done for the year. And so here you finally say, all right, look, we've had enough. We can't, we can't play this guy. We've got to try something different. You bench him. Guy goes in one series, tears his biceps. Now you're stuck. Now you got to play him again. Now you got to put Royce Stewart back out there. And Quite frankly, it didn't look like he was any better. It didn't look like getting put, you know, uh, splinters on your butt in the on the bench uh, ignited him to play better. So, I, I the the problem with today is that I think their offense, to your to Gabe's point about Rogers and accuracy, I think their offensive line short circuited a lot of things that hadn't happened before because their offensive line, while inconsistent was not as bad as it was yesterday. I mean, the Jets made them look overwhelmed. 
And I, I had not, I don't think that they had played as a line at that level before today. But, I mean, then they couldn't run the ball either, right? Like, they couldn't run block. They couldn't pass block. I feel like, who was the, wasn't he the, um, he was the general manager for the Orlando Magic. And he had some great line about how we can't win at home. We can't win on the road. I don't know where else to schedule games. Like, you can't run the ball. You can't throw the ball. I don't know what else to run. You can punt on third down, I suppose. But, like... Maybe that gets blocked, I though, just, Jason. It possibly. Like, I just thought... And, and, and that's kind of the premise of what I'm writing for my game story is that, you know, I think for LaFleur, it wasn't losing to Sala and his brother. It wasn't that the defense, to me anyway, didn't look appreciably different at all for all the talk that Joe Barry gave us on Thursday. I mean, I think I saw them send um, Adrian Amos on a blitz, which they hadn't sent a lot of safety blitzes. But I saw Quay Walker time. once. Yeah, I mean that that was the that was the big alteration in your approach. I I, I saw a bunch of guys struggle to tackle, um, you know, and I I I don't want to say confronted Matt Lafleur. That's too strong of a word. But Lafleur made the comment about how he thought it showed fight that they didn't allow the Jets into the end zone on that final drive where they settled for the field goal. And, and I basically said, look, Matt, I understand what you're saying, but uh, how about the fact that they, everyone in the building knew they were going to run the football and they just ran it right through you? Like, that doesn't show a whole lot of fight to me. That shows, you know, bad tackling. And, I mean, that was unbelievable to me, frankly. I mean, everyone knew they were going to run the ball. They have a young quarterback. And, and that's the third time now that we've seen a team – that we knew was going to run the ball, be able to run the ball, even though everyone knew they were going to run it because of their shortcomings elsewhere. So, you know, but my point well, is, is that I don't think he's pissed about the defense. I don't think he's pissed about the special teams. I think his biggest thing is I'm the offensive play caller. I've got a four-time MVP, and I didn't have any answers again, just like they had no answers during the second half uh, in Tampa Bay, but they won, just like they had no answers – uh, in the second half against the Giants in London. Like, you know, it's his job to have answers, and he doesn't have any right now offensively, and that is always supposed to be the thing that makes up for all the other problems. Yeah, but that Jason, you- he has no answers because he never anticipated he'd need to have answers for a horrible offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They were horrible today. Well, But, but in- again, I, they, it's not just – their problems go deeper – then their offensive line sucking today. Yeah, but you got to start somewhere, I guess. You know, they've they've got a lot of issues, Jason. So you got to start somewhere. So my question to you then becomes, especially with the injury to Hanson, presuming it's long term, they always talk about having their best five offensive linemen out there, and it would seem to me that Yash Nyman would be one of their best five. What are the odds he kicks over to right tackle? They slide Jenkins back to guard. So here's the problem with that, and and I thought Elton Jenkins had his best game of the year last week in London. Probably had his Would worst game of the year. Yep, probably had his worst game of the year today. No, I thought he was worse earlier this season. Really, he had two um, holds he had today. Two, he had two holds, but he gave up a couple of sacks. What, which home game was that? Was that was that? That was New, New England. England, or was that? I think yeah. it was New England. I think so too. Um, here's the problem I have with that, and and Ryan Wood from the Green Bay Press Gazette has asked a lot of questions about this as well, uh, and I was giving him a hard time after we got done with. Rodgers and Lafleur, and I said, you're going to get Yash Nyman at right tackle come hell or high water because he's asked a lot of questions about it. And I'm, and I want to be very clear. And as I said to Ryan, I, 
I'm not saying that he's wrong. But here's the other possibility. The possibility is that they know that Yash Nyman, who has next to no experience at right tackle, right? Like, for those that are saying, well, play Jenkins at guard because he doesn't have a lot of experience at tackle, at right tackle, because he played a lot of left tackle and played it at an elite level last year. Um, it's possible that they feel like, and I had a conversation with Yash months ago, and he he did acknowledge that it's really hard to flip your brain. For him, some people can do it, others can't. And I'm not sure where, where he falls. And if they want to try that, hey, I got no problem with that because certainly your guard play isn't good enough for you. would say, well, I would hate to move Jenkins because I really like Royce Newman, right? But it is possible that their best five with Yash is only contingent on him playing left tackle. He was a left tackle throughout college at Virginia Tech. They repped him almost like exclusively at left tackle, like in camp even. When Bakhtiari didn't practice all training camp, he played left tackle almost exclusively. So the amount of time he has spent at left ta- at right tackle says to me that if they really thought that he was viable there, then they should have been repping him there for the eventuality that Bakhtiari was coming back. Look, uh, and Jason, we just assume that if someone's good at left tackle, they automatically can play right tackle. Is that an incorrect yeah. assumption? And I don't think that's true. No, I mean, okay. I, you know, look, I, I would, I, I isn't left I, tackle I, the harder, more important, or is it just the more important position? Not it necessarily. is, but but again, it's based on it's more important. But I think they both it's kind of the the gap between the importance of those two tackle positions has 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 winnowed. I would say this though. Um, and, and if it's something that you have never done and you've done everything on the other side, you know, Josh Sitton's famous line about it's try, it's like trying to wipe your butt with your other hand, um, which, again, I suppose you can do it, but you may end up needing to wash your hands. It so, is harder. There's I no mean, doubt. I'm going to I'm, I'm have to try that when I go home now later. Uh, it Just... sounds like a great thing for you to try, Gabe. But Here, my... I'll, I'll report back on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy tomorrow morning. I, I, uh, I'm glad I'm not on because I don't <laughs> want to talk about your bathroom usage. My point simply is this. They, I, am a, I am a sucker for veteran players. And whether uh, it was Dennis Kelly last year, whether it was uh, Ricky Wagner the year before that, then there was the guy that they had uh, who had bounced around the league. I even wrote a story about him for The Athletic, uh, whose name is escaping me now, that they'd played – at right tackle, like they've always had in recent years, this veteran guy like Bruce Wilkerson from the 90s who could play there and get the job done. They moved on from Billy Turner. They moved on from Lucas Patrick. I'm not saying those guys are Hall of Fame players, but those guys got the job done, and they don't have anyone that they can say, okay, we got a veteran guy, we can put him in there, we don't have to worry about him, and we can move Elton to to left guard or right guard. Or hey, they're one injury away from Elton having to play center. By the way, because if if Jake Hansen's done for the year, and I saw there was at least one time where Josh Myers was slow to get up, um, he's going to have to play center next. So they're they are in. But again, that goes back to the question of how just how good is their roster. They've got their shortcomings at receiver. They've got their offensive line playing the way it has. 
just how good is their roster? And somebody asked Rodgers if they had the horses, and Rodgers' hesitant answer would indicate to me that he doubts that they do. Jason, we appreciate the time. Look forward to hearing you more on this game tomorrow morning. Wilde and Tausch, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. I'm glad somebody's looking forward to that. All right, boys, take care. Be good. Jason Wilde joins us each and every game Green Bay game day post-game show here on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. America's favorite light logger since 1982. Of course, I'm talking about Bud Light, and a light, crisp, light, crisp, refreshing ice cool Bud Light is waiting for you. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste, barley, rice, hops, and water. Pick up Bud Light during your next visit to your favorite local retailer. Enjoy responsibly 2022 in bush Bud Light, St. Louis, Missouri. We give you our different difference-making player of the game. Coming up next on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. More of Green Bay Game Day postgame coming up next. Presented by Island Resort and Casino and sponsored by Bud Light. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Green Bay is going to get the ball right around the 40. Eric Wilson came through and got his hands and his body on it. So we've had a field goal blocked by the Jets and now a punt block by Green Bay. Unfortunately, couldn't turn that uh, blocked punt into points. Packers had a couple of their own kicks blocked as well. They fall 27-10 to the Jets today. Uh, it is their loss, worst home loss since no, the last game of the point. season. No, opportunities they were given in the first half to score and oh, yeah. still couldn't. Couldn't cash in. He's Homer. I'm Gabe Nigel. 855-616-1620 is the number for the Botabox uh, wine line where we go out and find Brian in Bayview. Brian, you're on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. Oh, thank you guys for taking my call. Uh, and this is... Uh, well, first of all, I have I actually have two questions. The first one is, what happened to Sammy Watkins? Uh, Sammy is currently on IR with a hamstring issue. He was out running routes before the game. He's eligible to come off IR and begin practice, I believe, this week. So that's a possibility. Maybe he comes back this week against the commanders on the road. Maybe he comes back in two weeks when the Packers have to travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Okay, so you can say that Homer's two for two because... Uh, I believe Homer mentioned that uh, at some point Sammy Watkins would get hurt and uh, along with Randall Cobb today. Yeah, that's the only part about this team I've been right. I just have, just thought they were going to be better right? than they are. But, yes, the injuries I got, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to ask you guys, I guess uh, if, if no one's talking about it, they must have been uh, – they must be good, not including today. Uh, what's your feelings on the special teams? Not so much uh, the, the the punter, but uh, just the coverage on uh, on uh, kickoffs and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Have a great night. Yeah, appreciate it, Brian. I think other than today, the special teams have been good. I've zero. I've had zero issue with the special teams. I agree. Uh, and even today, when they were bad. There were other things worse. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, they, yes. They had a punt block that was returned for a touchdown. Okay, so now they lose by 10 instead of 17. And they blocked the punt. Yeah, they did. They blocked the punt on their own. Yeah. So they were able to find ways to try to be effective in their own way as well. And had a pretty good kickoff return, I thought, from Keish- from uh, Keyshawn Nixon. One of their better kick returns of the year. When he was put back there instead of Christian Watson, who is 
also out with a hamstring injury. Let's go ahead and get to our difference-making player of the game presented by Annex Wealth Management. Who had the biggest impact in today's game? End zone, wide open, touchdown, Aaron Jones. Packers on top. It's time for the difference-making player of the game. Rodgers comes back to the other side towards Lassard, who's got it. Touchdown, Packers. Presented by Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Who are you picking, Homer? By definition, no one did. For the Packers, For the sure. Packers. But in terms of for their moments, and, and where I think of where you get lost in stuff because they lost, uh, I thought I, I thought uh, Jair Alexander again in the first half was everything. He was fantastic that we thought he could be, and it. You follow this. It seemed to me like he was man to man because he was on somebody. And then in the second half, it seemed like he wasn't as much man to man or on the plays where he got beaten. It seemed like he was following around uh, Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. And he was just what you wanted to be, as we've said all these other times. Just put him on somebody, and that's what he seemed to do really well. So in the end, because they got their butts kicked in the second half, uh, it's all forgotten. But it was the first time this year where he looked like what everybody said he was. Uh, I'm saying Quinnen Williams for the Jets. Uh, Amongst the defensive linemen who had good games for the Jets, Williams seemed to be the one who stood out the most. Uh, Three QB hits today, a couple of sacks, two tackles for a loss. He had a pretty big game. Yeah, He was the the one that seemed to be the most disruptive. Don't you wish the Packer defense played like their defense in terms of aggressiveness and Tackling probably the biggest thing. The tackling is the biggest thing, and they have not been very good at tackling, where at times they were much better at tackling last year, and I point towards Campbell. Yeah. Campbell had some plays today. I went, where the hell did this guy come from? Well, That he some, just made last year, and he's just completely Well, sometimes the Packer players were there and had their arms around, and the person just kept going. Just couldn't get, yeah, couldn't get him down to the ground. Uh, Green Bay Game Day postgame show brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager since 1982. Like crisp and refreshing, an ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste, barley, rice, hops, and water. Pick up Bud Light during your next visit to your favorite local retailer. Enjoy responsibly. 2022 Anheuser-Busch Bud Light, St. Louis, Missouri. We wrap things up and continue to take your calls on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. The Tundra Trio Radio Network next. More of Green Bay Game Day postgame coming up next. Presented by Island Resort and Casino on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. You're listening to Green Bay Game Day Postgame with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Presented by Island Resort and Casino and sponsored by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager since 1982 on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Which drive set the tone for the final score? The march down the field that made the difference. Rodgers. It's time for the drive of the game. Presented by Boucher Automotive Group. They ride with you every mile. Visit them today at Boucher.com. All right, Homer, only a couple minutes remaining of the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. What was the drive of the game for you? When the Packers got within seven, I thought, they could get this. There's no way the defense is going to be as bad. I mean, they've done pretty well um, other than... uh, the black punt, and then the so it starts because the Jets kicking. just went down the field, scored twenty four ten. Game over. Starts with the Packers kicking off from midfield Correct. because of the penalty on the touchdown. Yep, and they decided to just try the the little pooch kick. 
Mm-hmm. Which, again, is what just about every team in the NFL does in that situation. Very few just boot it out of the back of the end zone because they think they can pin him. And Berrios, maybe this is the time you do that because he was, I believe, the all-pro kick returner a year ago. Gets a good return. Out to the 34. Yep. And really, it was just a couple of big plays they hit. Because the first play, one yard. Then they connected for 14. Next play, one yard. Then they connect for 16, and then Brees Hall runs 34 yards for the touchdown. Yeah. Five plays, 66 yards, less than three minutes. Next thing you know, it's back to a 14 When they had advantage. done nothing at all in the first half, maybe they adjusted, all of a sudden started finding the tight end, and, and Hall didn't do anything. I mean, they... They went from doing nothing, Homer, to the, the three points scoring they got. easily. Yeah, and then they went three and out on the first drive. Yep. They went four... 74 for a touchdown, 566 for yeah. a touchdown. This is Ben, Green Bay Game Day postgame. When you open a crisp, cold Bud Light, you know game day is here. Touchdown! You owe me five bucks. We mean everything.